0: Hello and welcome to Hotline League, episode 156. Whew. I got to I got to the tracker in time to figure it out. Of course, uh, this show is sponsored by Alienware and Draft, but we're going to talk more about them in a little bit. But wham bam, the LCS season is back. I was hoping to think of something that remi- r- rhymes with bam. You got anything, Mark?
1: It's hard when spam. you're dumb. Spam.
0: <laughs> wham. The LCS season is spam. Uh, we're joined right now uh, by Golden Glue as our, our guest host for the show. And before we get to uh, seeing how he's been doing, I want to throw it over to my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark?
1: Great. I uh, enjoyed the lock-in tournament. I did my I was I did a countdown in no AD. I think this is like the first analyst desk I wasn't doing in years. Yeah. I got to actually just watch the games, and it was great. The casters are actually good. I always listen to them muted.
0: So oh, like, OK. I thought you were about to say they're actually good as opposed to previously where they haven't been or something.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> I just meant like normally when I'm watching, I'm like talking to producers. I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm not really listening. Yeah. Um, so I actually got to pay attention to this time. and I was like, wow, freaking Azale making funny jokes. What a, yeah. what a great show we have here.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's cool. I'm glad to see that they're slowly pushing you out. Um, i think that's what i think a lot of people have been expecting for a long time so to see them start to move you off the analyst desk and into obscurity i think is it's pretty impressive really at this point in time
1: people say i'm echoing i don't know where i'd be echoing from
0: um i don't hear you echoing but perhaps you're coming from
1: uh i don't think i'm coming from golden glue i don't hear anything
0: Every says a little bit. Okay, here. I'll turn you guys down on my end. Maybe it's it's my bad. Sorry, sure podcast listeners right like or YouTube people, if that's uh, if that's a thing. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Mark. So what else is what else has been going on this past week?
1: Uh, I mean, isn't that it? Is that did it? I, did anything else happen?
0: Wait, can I show you something? Here, fill time for 10 seconds.
1: Okay. Um, Golden Glue, what are you up to? <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: I'm coaching. I'm basically on a full-time scrim schedule. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll coach- get to
0: that in a second. But Mark, yeah. look what did show up. <laughs> um, oh,
1: is it my
3: gift? Yeah, here? I
0: actually had this last week, and I forgot to do it on the show. Uh, this is going to Spell only wrap. be relevant to a small, <laughs> wow, sorry about that, segment of our population. But uh, I officially now have the uh, copy, the leather-bound copy of Way of Kings, uh, which is taking longer to unwrap than I was expecting. But anyway, this was this was the highlight of my past two weeks. Screw LCS. Very excited about this. Mark, why are you face palming? Aren't you excited about this?
1: Just the whole like not having it ready to go, like having to unwrap bubble wrap.
3: Well, I
0: wanted to do like an actual unwrapping, but um, that got... was it.
3: That was the actual unwrapping.
0: Yeah. That. Yes. Anyway, so that's been exciting. But I'm also happy to have LCS back, and I think it was pretty good. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But now, finally, without without further ado uh golden glue how's it going you're in a new role i think since the last time you've been on the show
3: yeah so i don't actually remember last time i was on the show but i'm sure last time i was talking to you i was a player and since this is basically one of the first interviews i've been doing as a coach uh, i've been coaching the academy team for 100 Thieves. we started practice uh maybe three weeks ago two and a half right after new year's um and it has been very different very challenging very fun it's been yeah it's been it's been very grindy too, you know, like back on that LCS schedule, we've been, we've been getting ready for our first match. It's on the 20th. It's in two days.
0: So, um, yeah. How, how is approaching it? Cause also what's unique about Academy this year, cause you've been in Academy, but now everything is like wildly different than the last time you competed in Academy because now they have this entirely different system. So does that sit in your mind a lot? Do you think about that? I mean, how, how are you kind of approaching it?
3: Yeah. So the first, uh, right now it feels kind of normal because we're starting off with like a single, uh, B1 round robin. So it doesn't really feel that different as of yet, but then it goes into like, uh, I forget what they call it, like the proving ground or something like that, where it's like a different kind of tournament after the first set of round robin. So, uh, it doesn't feel any different right now, but I'm sure it will feel different once we're done with this.
0: Nice. Well, are you excited about, I mean, how, how's it been? Is it, is it weird having the LCS season start and then. Uh, working on you know exclusively being a coach and sort of being in this other league, or you know, do you do you miss it? Does it feel weird to see it going without it?
3: Um, I'm definitely glad that I got to start coaching academy rather than straight into LCS. I feel like the the pressure, like the experiences, and like being able to learn in academy is a bit better than going straight into LCS as a coach. And I feel like. Um, Wait, can you repeat the first first half of that just, question? I was just asking,
0: like, is it weird to not be to have the LCS start and not be sort of a part of it or or working directly in it? Um, and oh, sort of being not really. Of
3: I don't. I don't think so because I still also feel a part of it. Like I'm watching LCS scrims. I'm talking with the players. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 like indirectly a part of it from behind the scenes. So it doesn't really feel that weird to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, very good, Mark. Do you have any questions for Golden Glue before we sort of launch into our conversation about this past week?
1: Um I'm writing a tweet. I don't have the brain power
0: for this. Fantastic. Okay. Well then let's talk about <laughs> let's talk let's talk <laughs> about this opening week. So first off, I actually I mean I tweeted this before, but I wanna congratulate Riot and the LCS broadcast on what I felt was a really solid start to the season. I think in the past, especially in summer split, it got off to a really rough start. People were really frustrated by all of the changes and sort of the broadcast decisions. But it feels like Things have been uh, sort of coming along very well, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know, Golden Glow, you were watching. Uh, Obviously you're working with one of the teams, but what did you think of the broadcast and how much were you able to watch it?
3: Uh, We were practicing all the days that the lock-in was happening, so I was kind of watching in between our scrims and when I could, uh, but it seemed good. I also, I really liked the concept of what they're just doing with the lock-in tournament, like from uh, conceptually having this tournament that's like money prize. Um, it somewhat affects the, the season because of tiebreakers and it lets teams kind of like try out their rosters um i, I, I yeah i liked it so far it was fun to it, it felt good to have a sense of normalcy especially with all the i don't know craziness of the world just like watching basically lcs it felt good to watch again and it felt like the production was good enough when i was watching
1: i think uh, i haven't heard anything bad from any of the, the pro players either it sounds like universally people are like I'm happy to be playing in this tournament and have a chance to just like play on stage with my team before it really matters um so that that's cool i mean like that i think there's a bit of a concern like people aren't going to take it seriously or you know like how fans are going to react to it but everything i've seen is positive which is really cool and I, I like just think of it as like a big preseason, you know same way there's K- kespa cup demacia cup this is this is our thing um which i, I think is, is really nice
0: yeah, I think the only thing that I'd like to see different in the future is, um, especially because this is, I, I think I wonder how many people that tuned in this weekend even knew that they weren't watching regular LCS season yet. I think that's the only thing is like I know that Wright has somewhat communicated this to to like the the hardcore audience and I've put it out on their socials and stuff, but and and talked about it a little bit on the broadcast. But I do almost wonder if they could have done. Even more to just like really slam it in your face and have people know that like oh This is a separate tournament because I think a lot of people were like why are the Teams some of them are playing not every day and some of them are playing twice in one day and all this stuff So I think there's probably a decent amount of confusion around that. I don't know how much they really pushed it on the broadcast um, but I mean even some people on the <laughs> the Twitch chat are saying wait what I didn't even know so people that tune into hotline link Which I personally consider to be some of the more hardcore audience didn't even really know that this was a separate tournament so i think they just really needed to push it a lot harder i feel like that's
3: pretty hard though because just lcs has been so standard for so long people have the expectation of like this is what lcs is so any kind of like adjustment trying to run this kind of tournament people are already going to expect it just normally lcs i don't know how you can uh basically say like this is an lcs you know yeah i think
0: you just have to do it a ton with the branding and all that stuff right like you have to say this is the lock-in and have all these graphics and maybe even refrain from using too many LCS graphics, which is really difficult in the same year that you were doing a rebrand. Um, and so I totally get that. But uh, on the on the note of the rebrand too, I I mean, I know the last thing people really love to, they don't tune into the show to hear us talk about logos and uh, iconography, but I think, I, I am less of a fan of like the the Vinca, the purple, but the for instance, what Mark has behind him, I actually think it looks really well against the black backgrounds. And so the fact that they used a lot of black backgrounds and stuff for so much of the broadcast, I think it, it actually looked really well. Whereas if I was just hit in the face with all this purple, I think it would have been uncomfortable. So I don't know. I'm coming. I'm definitely coming around to the, the branding in a way where I was cautiously optimistic before. So I'm um, trying to think. Uh, obviously, the big story is so far, EG is the only one that's undefeated, yes? Yeah. And uh, Impact seems really good. Uh, as part of that, and uh, I hear Renekton pretty good as well. Yeah, is that, that about the whole weekend, boys. Mark, did I sum it all up? Mark,
1: uh Hello? I mean, that was that's just pretty true. I think, you know, uh, C nine sucks. Perks is washed and not worth five million dollars. Uh, uh, <laughs> needs a paycheck stealer. Uh, you know, there's all those other storylines going on.
0: How, how how good did we feel about Sword Art, given? I feel like some people were like, yeah, he's okay. But like, he's getting paid so much money that I think this, now that we're just seeing these huge salary numbers come out, I think a lot of people are starting to be like, Oh, it's rough whenever you pay this much money. And then you get this kind of opening performance. People are like, Oh yeah. I feel like there's a lot more pressure based off of the money than there were, there was before.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I think, I think he played pretty well. Um, he had some, some good engages and stuff, uh, I mean, he played Imperial Man- Mandate Maokai. It's broken, um, and uh, I don't remember him and Lost doing great in lane. But I don't, I don't remember them usually being the issue quite either. There's, I think, there's one game they struggled in uh, during laning phase. But like, I think a lot of the attention every game was was just kind of on Huni. Um, I also
0: feel like definitely popping off too it was a. Uh,
1: oh yeah, yeah,
0: that was a big, big thing. thing this week. Deft hold the hold the lee. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting to see how everything's been going over the course of the weekend. So I really enjoyed it. Um, trying to think if there's any other major conversations from this past week that we want to get into, or if we should just straight, head straight into calls for for lock in. Mark, is there anything I'm forgetting?
1: I, I'm real. I don't know if this is gonna be a new problem for you, but like I have a hard time remembering anything but the games because like I I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday of games, and I do the dive this morning, and then I have like meetings and stuff. And I'm so like games, games, games. I'm like, did anything else happen in the community? I don't know.
0: I don't think so, uh, and Twitch chat normally reminds us if there is anything. So I think it was mostly just the lock and stuff. Um, I mean, I I don't fault Riot for this, but it did. We did kind of have like a slow build up to the season or to the the weekend, and then it just all suddenly hit at once. So I think uh, I think we can go into that. I mean, I I released the spicy interview. You mentioned this a little bit, Mark, but the perks conversation, um, and I, it was fun to have Jensen without any of my prodding just go out there and be like i don't know if perks is actually going to be that great for this team and i don't know if cloud nine is going to be as amazing as everyone thinks they are so it's it's definitely interesting to sort of see how it's going um you guys have frozen a little bit on my screen i need to figure that out uh but either way why don't we just get into calls mark do you want to uh do you want to explain how the show works for people who don't remember Yeah, so
1: if this is your first time watching, um, this is a live call-in show, so you can actually get on air with us. Uh, The way this works is I'm spamming Twitch chat with the Discord link. You're going to want to go ahead, join up there. Once you get there, you're going to go and join the Pleb Topics or Pleb Calls voice channel. Mute your microphone once you get in there so there's no mouth breathers. Uh, And then in the Pleb Topics text channel, go ahead and post your take, whatever it is uh, you think, EG's a fraud and they're going to flop in week two. You, whatever you think it is, you know, go ahead, put it. Um, if I like your take, I will pull you into the on-air room, or the waiting room, excuse me, where you'll hang out until it's your turn to come on air. And then I'll have to uh, do a quick little audio check to make sure your microphone's all good. And then after that, you'll be here talking with Golden Glue, Travis, and myself.
0: And if you are a sub, uh, first off, thank you for being a sub. You can also access the Subtopics channel on Discord where you can put your take in there. It does move a little slower. It doesn't give you a guarantee or anything like that. but um it is kind of like a nice way for you to get a uh, bit of a leg up on on those plebs but obviously we're equal opportunity callers here so or call takers whatever anyway mark's gonna start pulling calls right now as he as he sees them uh going back to you golden glue so what's uh what are you excited about with the academy team this year and what are you looking to uh, achieve with it
3: um i mean I'm excited to just be competing again with my like and helping others compete. I would say like my team has a lot of uh, unproven talent and I, I, it's full of a lot of um, it's full of a lot of like really talented players who aren't really proven, haven't had a lot of time. Like Tenacity and uh, Kinvey are both seventeen. They're still finishing like their high school online, you know, before or after scrims. They're still doing that kind of stuff, which is it really takes me back to when I was that like. 17 when I was the young person in the league scene, it's really, um, an interesting, uh, time to like kind of come full circle and now watch new young people, new young players come up and try to help foster that talent. So I'm just excited to watch them compete on stage.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm really interested to see, I, I'm kind of hopeful that the days of, um, so many people trying to turn. Academy into like this sellable product that you're gonna get a ton of people watching Have have moved and switched to a a situation where people are like hey This is really about developing talent, and we're gonna make sure that the system is here to develop talent. So um, I'm pretty excited about it for sure. Oh medics in the chat. Shout out to medic. Uh, I saw the new LEC folks got uh, Revealed and so that's pretty excited. I'm excited for for them Um, uh, Pull someone the they mother, know it's right? Cable too, right? Hello. Oh, you already pulled somebody. Hello, yeah, Shami. Welcome to the show. Where are <laughs> you calling from?
4: Uh, I'm calling from Providence, Rhode Island.
0: Providence, Rhode Island. You've been on before, right?
4: Yeah, a couple times.
0: Yes. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
4: Yeah, so tonight I want to talk about how I think that either uh, 100 Thieves or Evil Geniuses is going to win the Lock-In Tournament, but I don't think that that really has any bearing on how they're going to perform in the regular season.
0: Okay. Why do you think that they're going to one of those two teams is going to win the Lock-In Tournament?
4: So I think that they're the two teams that have the most inbuilt synergy, which is like part of my more general hypothesis Hypothesis of what is going to be valued in the lock-in tournament are teams that have already had a lot of experience with each other. Um, obviously, one of the big talking points for uh, 100 Thieves is the run it back with Someday of the old Golden, Golden Guardians roster. Um, and I think that because they had all that inbuilt synergy, they're really showing that in the lock-in tournament and that that's going to be one of the keys they're going to have to win the tournament.
0: And then why do you think Evil Geniuses? Because they, you say that's it's about like, synergy, but there's really only two of those players that um, really competed together for a lot of last year.
4: I mean, at least Jizuke, uh, Spencer, and, and definitely had some experience playing together. I think that uh, EG has some synergy, plus they're just showing that they are much more talented than I think a lot of people had them in their initial roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously they're showing a lot of talent and just... I don't know if I look at that team and I'm like, well, you know, I, I get it with the hundred T thing because you're basically just swapping out one, one player. And even then you're, you're still making like a coach change in that situation um, or coaching changes. But the, the EG one is a little bit more difficult for me to take because I just don't think it's not like a situation where it's like, well, they made the one change. It's like, this was for the most part, not the team that was together last year in, in most positions. So, and they even have, did, a e- coaching did EG well.
4: change majorly on the coaching side or on the back end?
0: Not, not majorly, but they did bring in um, a. They brought a new head
4: coach, but I don't think he's here
0: in LA yet. No, he's not. So he's still remote. Uh, yeah. but still, I mean, different head coach. That's a change in philosophy, etc. There, they have. Uh, I know that they're still working with Artemis and the folks. I think I saw Artemis in the chat earlier. Um, but oh, he is in the chat. Yeah. Um. And and, and and Wait, Ar- cool. even Artemis, who is uh, is is in the chat right now who's who is one of their coaches says ah yes inbuilt synergy between our three new pieces and i'm pretty sure artemis
3: is the only same coach from last split i'm pretty sure he's the only one that's the same so yeah and uh,
0: empire says three new coaches with artemis too and he's he's a yeah uh, gotcha
4: okay well then that's definitely much less true for eg then
0: yeah okay so does that mean in your okay by your philosophy does that mean 100t is going to win it because if you're leaning so heavily philosophically on on inbuilt synergy, then hundred T is really the one that's got it.
4: I mean, I think that right, it's not one hundred percent guaranteed anything. I think that it just gives a much more, much higher likelihood of winning it. Um, and I think they showed in their play, um, good teamwork, and they they haven't changed their philosophy in how they're playing. Like if you look at C nine, the whole composition is now much more focused on perks, and that is a much larger change than replacing someday, for example. Yeah. And so I think that that is uh, with a yeah on the top side, but I think that that issue of rebuilding synergy on C9 is what's going to hold them back from winning the tournament, uh, which I think a lot of people had that going in. Um, and hundred thieves has just looked really strong in addition to all the synergy that they've been showing. Right. Well, uh...
0: yeah, as, a,
3: as, as I am a hundred thieves, I uh, agree with you <laughs> that we are favored to join, win this tournament with all of our synergy.
1: Um, um, this is un, unrelated a little bit, but going with how closely do you and like the Academy team and stuff like work with the, the main roster? Cause I, I think it, it can vary quite a bit. So I was wondering if you guys are, are close to them or not.
3: Yeah. So we're trying to be pretty close. Obviously I've been on organizations where that is very much a thing. Like on cloud nine, I was on the Academy and the main team are pretty intertwined. And I'd say we're kind of trying to follow pretty similar philosophies. We, have scrimmed our main team probably already like three plus times since the practice of start, which is quite a bit for an Academy team, uh, scrimming their main team. And we do warm-ups with them before the LCS matches, or we have done that as well. So there's quite a few, quite, quite a bit of, um, cohesion between like our two, two teams. And, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, Mark, you're muted.
1: Uh, fuck me. uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's just like each team is like really different, and so I I think it's always good to know like, are you guys actually like working with the academy team, or like because sometimes people get like the wrong people get credit. It's like, oh my god, this team—they've been grown up by all the the other players on there, and it's like, no, that was like just the coach doing that, or like just the players themselves like earning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I kind of agree with the caller in some some regards. I expect. Uh, EG looks really good. Um, it's worth noting that they probably have a little bit easier of a group. Um,
3: I mean, they played, what, C9, Immortals, and Dignitas?
0: Yeah, with FlyQuest.
3: And Immortals it
0: has subs. And Dignitas yeah, but... is Dignitas.
1: <laughs> I mean, technically, three of those are like more rebuilding rosters. Uh, they haven't played FlyQuest, but FlyQuest will have Jose Dioda by next week. But again, they won't have been around too long. Uh, but I I do think EG looks the best like regardless, um, hundred thieves had some big oopsies in their loss to kind of lose that one. Um, the TL hundred thieves game was actually really high level, so I I could easily see a world where you know TL hundred thieves and EG could could win.
0: Hundred um, thieves loss was the CLG one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They I, had I think they had a I've... lead and then they like threw it in top jungle or something if i remember I mean clg
0: from what i can had, tell from what everyone was saying um as and from what i was seeing as well seemed to be a complete mess and so i you know no offense cold and glue but i feel like losing to clg right now is not a good look
3: yeah i mean i think if you actually watch the games it kind of felt like to me we got outscaled to a certain point and outranged in team fights and it didn't really to me seem like a huge like uh we're so bad that's why we lost it's kind of like i think we learned stuff from from draft and strategy from that game and then we kind of applied it to our game versus team liquid so um i don't know to me it's kind of our worry our our loss against clg wasn't like that worrying although people's like if you're just gonna look directly at power rankings like why are you losing to that team it's like okay sure yeah i mean
0: yeah that's what i did and i said why are you losing to that team i looked at the power (laughs) rankings they're the only um, team yeah. to
1: get eliminated so far in the tournament. You guys lost them. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, does that, <laughs> I think we can confidently put them in last place right now. Uh, I well, while we're on the EG topic, I'm curious from both of you. Uh, do you feel like the what, what? What do you think of EG so far? Are they the favorites to win? I mean, Golden Glue. I know you said Hundred T is, but maybe you can tell me why you don't think EG is the the favorites over Hundred T if that's your stance.
3: Um, I wouldn't say I watched the EG games close enough to have an opinion of like this is their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, besides that, I thought they played. Um, I thought they played pretty well overall, but I want to see how they play versus you know teams like TL, teams like us, rather yeah. than you know digging morals. And I think C9 is also kind of a question mark because um, to the opposite spectrum of why the caller thinks hundred decent EG the synergy. Thing uh, is, 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 a, is, a strength. I feel like C9 swapped up a lot. They kind of changed the team identity. And then they also changed their coaching staff quite a bit, uh, removing Reaper. So there's a lot of internal change there, um, which is something that, you know, I, I don't think it necessarily will di- dictate how C9 does the rest of the split. But I, I, at the beginning, there's a lot of um, friction just when you move things like that. You know, you have to get used to working with different people.
4: Right. i think that that's kind of what i was trying to say because i went in and i think some other people went in with c9 as a big favorite but what i was trying to say is that when you change so much up at versus looking at hundred thieves that it's really hard to just immediately come out of the box and perform at your uh, top level
0: yeah I, I mean i think that's i think that's fair mark continuing mm-hmm. with the eg thing really quickly though do you think they are the strongest or are they the favorites to win at this time
1: i feel like they've looked like the most complete team right now um or at least they've played the three best games so far, I guess you could say. Um, And, like, everyone looks good, which I think is a big part of of why I feel that way. Like, Impact's getting sick flanks. Ignar and Sven and Jazuke are all making really great plays. Definitely looks incredible. Um, You know, he's not just, like, sitting there getting spoon-fed kills, like, on his Kaisi game, like, when he, he stealthed in on... Who was playing the Zoe? But when the Zoe hopped over the wall, you know, like I think he was making legitimately good plays, which I think was something that people were worried about was that he would just kind of be like a hanger on, I guess, in a sense. So I, I think that um, everyone looks like they're playing really well right now. Yeah. Now, whether or not you know when we get into series and there's all these other things going on, uh, you know, maybe maybe they lose. But I think based off the three game sample size, they look like the best. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, caller, it looks like. Actually wait, one more second caller. Mark, 100T. you think that they have a strong chance would you put them up there with EG for winning cuz that was the caller's call? Yeah, what do you God. think, Mark? Give me your insight. What what do them. we need to do to win?
1: <laughs> um God, I'm I'm rewatching this 100T's game. That 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 fuck there was a throw in the top side jungle. You guys are up 1 to 5 mm-hmm. and then there's this invade and uh just greedy Greedy contest on some wards, get cut off and killed. I don't know. I, I think Hundred Thieves looks really good. Um, I think it's a three-horse race between them, TL and, and EG. Uh, one of those three will win. I, I think. Uh, I don't really have a strong PN. I don't know. It, yeah. They're all two-one, and then EG is on the other side three-zero. Oh. What do you want me to say?
0: You no, know, it's fair. It's fair. I was so hey,
1: just
3: hey. I'm not to TL, so the caller is correct that it's Hundred T or EG if it's yeah. us
0: three. So very good.
1: Uh, Your hey, bot Shami, lane got killed, level
0: one. Shammy, thanks so Arma much for the call,
1: Santorin. Let's see what happens when Santorin gets back in. Isn't uh, that
3: even more more impressive that we won when uh, when we tied level one? When,
1: when their jungler isn't there to protect their bot lane uh, on the Lilia, I don't know, man.
0: We'll <laughs> see. A, that was a limit test for sure. Shammy, any <laughs> anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller?
4: Uh, I mean, shout out to Draft Buff. And uh, as always, everyone go to alienware.com slash Travis. Use code q 4 They have awesome monitors. I got one for Christmas and I freaking love it.
0: Awesome. Which one did you get?
4: Uh, the cheap one.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks so much for calling in and uh, we'll catch you next time.
3: Of course. Travis, do you pay these guys to come on?
0: No, they literally do this. I mean, these, this, they, my, my, uh, callers and twitch chat and stuff these folks are they are why i'm able to get the sponsors that i get and so i'm always very very appreciative of of them doing the stuff they just they, here's the thing golden glue i'm not some pro player just bringing in million dollar contracts all the time just sit around and hang out in a gaming house and That's party on saturdays you know <laughs> not take don't care i'm out here grinding hard for the content and uh, producing it especially in non-covid years takes a lot of money. So. I think that the Twitch uh, Twitch community especially, but also my YouTube folks and Twitter followers, et cetera, really get that. And I always really appreciate it because they're, they're the ones that make this all whole, whole work. I didn't think I could go independent um, so many years ago and, and then folks really helped me make it happen. And the people that sub to my Twitch channel, by the way. <laughs> cough, cough. Anyway, Mark should be back Private in
3: a second. I've industries. I'm
0: just filling fill time for him. Uh, somebody in chat says he's indoctrinated us to advertise for him. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it sounds
3: kind of like a cult.
0: Yeah, TGI is a cult. Anyway, uh, Jumbo Grade A Chicken Egg is here. Jumbo <laughs> Grade A Chicken Egg. What is where are you calling from?
5: Hi there, calling from the Bay Area, Poggers. Poggers, indeed. Okay. Uh, what do you Poggers. want to talk
0: about on the show?
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So my topic. <clears throat> my topic is, uh, that the LCS can potentially double their viewership if they tap into the gold mine that is co-streaming and this weekend, double if proved it.
0: Okay. Uh, do you want to expand a little bit on this?
5: Uh, yeah, for sure. I thought about this all day, so you can tell me when to stop, uh, but I can keep it short. So, uh, basically I think of it in two different aspects. The first is why, and the second is how. So in terms of why, there's two parts to that. The first is uh, regarding numbers. So I was watching Doublelift and the LCS, both streams, for basically all three days. Uh, and basically, we can uh, sum it up as, like, the peak viewership for LCS was about 200k. And the peak viewership for Doublelift was about 20k. So with, like, ver- with the limited infrastructure and, the like, the very like low effort that's been put into the co-streaming kind of environment uh the lcs is already gaining basically a 10 percent boost on their viewership and their exposure for like the games um, which i think is huge Um, okay but how do
0: you know i have a question for you really quickly right um because i just want to jump in here how do you know that Mm -hmm. they're gaining that viewership so if double lift wasn't streaming how do you know that those 20k people would not be watching the mainstream
5: yeah, yeah. So I did think about that, too. Um, and so it kind of goes into the second part, which is why Lift is a unique experience compared to the LCS. And why, like, I think a lot of people would choose to watch Doublelift over the LCS. And why, if Doublelift wasn't there, um, some of those people probably would not stay for all five games. Um, or they probably wouldn't even go back to the original stream. Um, So the reason for that is, I think Doublelift, uh, there's a lot of reasons, but primarily the two reasons why Doublelift, I think, has uh, advantages to watching his stream over the NA production for LCS is first. I think Doublelift has a lot of pro player, like insider insight, that uh, like an LCS caster uh, just doesn't really have access to because Doublelift has played professionally for so long. And also because he knows so many of the players uh personally because he's either played with he's either played with like so many of them who's in the league or because he's just played against them and he's been doing it for years. Um so for example, uh there was the game, I think it was uh Dig versus E. G. And it was Fate God versus Impact in the top lane, and uh Impact went Renekton and he basically bodied Fate God and he had a huge lead and then he basically just like took over the game and E. G won that game. Primarily through the Renekton snowball from top. And basically for a lot of that game, Doublelift was basically reading Impact like a book. Like every single play that he made, like his rotations, his backs, like why he went in um, and all that. And it's like a lot of that can come from the fact that Doublelift played with Impact on Team Liquid for so many, for like four seasons, maybe five or more. Um, and that, that's like an insight that uh, like an LCS caster can't really provide, and it's not for everyone, um, which is why Doublelift only has 20k viewers and LCS is 200k, but like hardcore fans or just like people who are looking for, you know, that extra level of depth can really find it from Doublelift. The second part is, uh, biased commentary. Sorry if I can just finish this. Um, Doublelift is like not obligated to say things in a certain way or to say certain things so that means that he can provide unfiltered like down to the ground uh commentary about what's going on and that often results in flame because double F likes to flame people um uh, but it also means that like we can hear very honest opinions about what's going on in the game um that maybe lcs casters for obvious reasons like might not want to uh, be so direct about or be so honest about um and I think that also manifests in his interviews. So Double if interviewed I think three to four people over the course of the three days, and every single interview was very um, was very like casual and also very uh, insightful in the sense that double if can ask questions to the players that uh, the players maybe normally wouldn't be comfortable asking or like being asked and then would also not be comfortable providing a direct answer to. Um, but Doublelift, because he knows a lot of these players and because he was a former pro player and a lot of people look up to him, uh, a lot of players that he brings in, he's, like, f- good friends with or he knows them well. And so the players come in and they're willing to answer, like, more specific and more, like, down-to-earth questions about, like, okay. you know, the, the nitty okay, gritty. Okay. So,
0: so well, I'm okay. going to, sorry. There's, there's a lot of pieces. pieces to this. We, we need to hop into this. Yeah.
5: Here,
1: here's the big problem with, like, your tape. Everything you said about Doublelift is true. But everything you said about Doublelift is also true about literally every other co-streamer that happened last year, right? Like are you, LS,
5: are you referring to LS and
1: then Sneaky and Medios? We LS, Sneaky, Medios, Dom. All of them have friends who are pro players. They're all comfortable. They all provide insight. They all have different angles in the LCS broadcast. Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Doublelift. I'm just saying, like, how is Doublelift doubling the viewership?
5: Or even- well, not lift alone. So, what I mean is like kind of more of a a change in the way that the that Riot views co-streaming, and also in the way that uh, current players and retired players view co-streaming as an activity. If that makes sense. And double lift is like kind of. Right, but you spent like, the entire uh,
1: call saying why Doublelift is is the hero, but like I don't understand what what you what you want to do different. Right. right. You didn't. You didn't cover it. Yeah. Any of that. Sorry, Everything yeah, you said was, was just like things we already knew about co-streaming.
5: Right, right, right. So, yeah, I can go into the how if, if that would be more useful. I mean, if well. it can
1: be kept under five minutes, sure.
5: Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess for the how, I think that, um, so the reason why I'm bringing this up now, I and mean, you're right and that like, yeah, last year there were other co-streamers. But also last year, I feel like Riot didn't show as much effort in terms of motivating uh co-streaming as an actual encouraged activity. Um at least from what I can see on Double Stream it seems like this year there's like they're being more official about it and also uh How by, are they being more if, official? Or, Sorry really quickly. Yeah, well so it seems like uh I mean the, the primary way is that it seems like they're they they're providing an unlisted YouTube stream for we only co-streamers. Did they do that last year? And yeah. the audio was also the audio was mixed out.
0: Yes, but then the co- most co-streamers just use the audio mixed one because they like to have the the casters on they the like background the to help like fill the dead time.
5: Right. Well, I think it depends on how you use it. But Doublelift, I think, definitely used it really well. Um, basically, what I'm saying is like I think they can expand more on that, and they can uh, essentially like provide a better streaming template that co-streamers can use. So for example, in champion select, uh, double lift, I'm just using double because he was the best example over this weekend, double lift, uh, over champion select was using the, the co-streamer stream and the audio was muted for the casters, but the casters were still on the champion select template. And so one thing, for example, that I could, could have easily done was just remove the casters from the template and then given double lift space to actually like put his camera on there because he had to make his camera like 200p to fit on the uh, on the template because there's no more. Sure, 400p. you're just
0: saying having have him in there. Sorry, yeah. where I don't I it's the type of thing where I I know you're presenting your argument, but also we just have a limited time for the yeah control, yeah yeah so. for sure yeah I thought
5: uh, about how to make this smaller. Sorry, it's okay.
0: That. I'm gonna have uh, Mark or Golden Glue jump in before I give my take because I have a lot of opinions on this stuff too. Uh, but Mark, you seem to feel. Should I should I not let you go first?
1: I think Golden Glue should go first. Okay, love Golden Golden Glue. Thoughts. What do you think? I'm else? sure Golden Glue has some great thoughts. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean the whole thing and the whole take was like, I was confused of like what needs to be changed, what needs to be fixed, right? If there's already someone co-streaming, I I feel like uh, I do think co-streaming. I, I definitely want to say it gains viewers for LCS. If anything, it takes away. I do think it creates a better viewer experience when you have options. It's kind of like the almost like the capitalism approach where you can go to whatever you want. you want. If you want to watch this co stream or you want to watch the mainstream, you have options. So I think that's good for a viewer. Um and I was I would say specifically like I was watching when I wanted to watch First Strike, I was watching like Myths Co stream. I thought that was really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I do think co streams are good. Um, but it's definitely I think it's more confusing for right where it's like we're losing our viewership, right? Which affects like their sponsor numbers. So to... they can report
0: co-stream sponsors as long as the co-streamers don't fuck up and like skip the ads or like cover up logos or stuff, they report that stuff over to sponsors. Um, so they don't. Okay. I don't just to put that out there, but go ahead and go on glue.
3: I should know that. Well, I mean, I think it's like a it's an interesting idea, and I don't really see uh, like what needs to be changed about it. I think it's like it's it, it might. I, I'm I'm interested to see like over the next five to ten years of esports in general how much of a a, a place co-streaming has just in like esports in general cuz i'm pretty sure the for the valorant tournament like the myth and Ninja streams yeah, have more, more way yes. more viewership than the the mainstream which i thought was really interesting like what where's the future going to be is it just going to be you know mega popular streamers like hosting all the tournaments i, I don't know it's it's going to be interesting
0: okay so here i'll i'll go really quickly mark or not so quickly unless you really want to dive in okay like, Here's all whatever, the problems Get I think me out of here. with what you're saying, Jumbo Grade A Chicken Egg. Um, so a couple different things. One, it's I'm still not convinced that anything you've said has presented a situation where people who, like, where Doublelift is bringing additive audience to the 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 platform. Like, I think the people that watch Doublelift and are fans of him are already LCS viewers. The only argument I could see being made is that he's helping keep. Viewers that would previously decide to stop watching if double if the league because they were big fans of him and now they feel like he's not there. Maybe some of those people would leave. But I definitely don't feel like it's not a situation where like like if Ninja um, or Dr. Lupo or some of these people who don't normally stream LCS decided to co-stream it one weekend. Mr. Would, Beast. Yeah, Mr. Who Beast actually wants
1: to own a, a league team.
0: I would believe that they're bringing audience that LCS doesn't normally have. But Doublelift whose whole audience is born out of the LCS doesn't, you know, him co-streaming doesn't I don't feel like it's additive. So, I think he's a bad example whereas I think a good example for your argument is Myth who I think probably did bring a ton of additive audience cuz he has a ton of people that watch his stream anyway and I don't think a lot of those people would ne- necessarily even know about the the Valorant uh, event if that didn't happen a couple other things really quickly uh I do worry a little bit that Doublelift is not interested in co-streaming the entire LCS you could end up in a situation where people get used to watching a Doublelift co-stream and when he's not streaming they don't decide to go watch the LCS because he doesn't decide to watch he doesn't watch every game he goes yeah only he, he did so
5: mention that yeah
0: And uh, I think also there's the fact that, like, I I actually, you know, obviously Peter's my friend. I worry a little bit about the tone that he takes on his stream because whenever he's constantly shitting on the teams, I mean, he plays up a lot of stuff. Like, obviously, he was hyping up Impact a ton. But when he's spending a lot of his time trash talking a lot of the teams, I get that viewers like that because it's real. But I also just think that it's not necessarily – there's a reason why. LCS feels like their viewership would probably be negatively impacted if everyone was pulling a freak every five minutes. Um, And so I think, you know, that that having somebody talk down like the quality of your teams and players, I get that everybody in the Twitch chat and all that stuff right now are like, yeah, but it's real. I like it. But being real and you liking it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to increase viewership, which is sort of the main point that you're going for here. So I worry a little bit about that. I also just... I don't know. I think they're, I'm not saying co-streaming is bad. I think it's good. I, to Golden Glue's point, I think it's great when you have options on all this stuff, but it's not clear to me that, um, any of what you just said about double lift is actually bringing in additive viewership stuff. Mark?
1: I I mean, I was excited to talk about what we could do with viewership and those, like, co-streams and stuff, because, like, I would love to, to integrate them more. Like, I think it'd be dope to, like, kick, I've talked about this before, like, kick it over to, like, sneaky and meteos to fill for like five minutes of the main broadcast and they just like clean it up a little bit for that point or double lift or whoever it is i'd love to be able to take their clips that they're using you know where, where double lift is talking about fudge and his ego you know like that's something that all of us saw those clips that I could post on reddit you know like those are ways i'd love to integrate more and, and build like a holistic environment you know if it's if it's like rising tide raises all ships you know like definitely i i think co-streaming and double lift is great for the ecosystem as a whole provided like one of these other negative situations doesn't take over but like yeah i don't know i'm over i'm that's it somebody yeah, in the no, chat, I, says, I can, I in the
0: chat says define shitting on it. is it like saying x team played really really badly made zero proactive plays is a mess no i mean it's like when you say you're a fucking pro player man why the fuck are you making these decisions? You need to figure this out. You're so bad. That
5: is true. Yeah, he did say that multiple times. I remember that. <laughs> he, his favorite yeah. line. And I love Peter. Yeah, I've yeah,
0: watched yeah. his stream all weekend long. But whatever he's like talking up all the time, he's like, you're a fucking pro player. Uh, I think, you know, like that's there's a difference between being critical of decision making and shitting on players, which is what Peter was doing. And that's what he's done his whole career or his previous career. But yeah. Um, yeah.
5: It is. It is rough. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would just like to respond because I think you do make a lot of good points. We um, have too I many guess.
1: people. We we really. I have like oh. six people in the waiting room. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
0: That's uh, jumbo. I think we just went really long on your call, which is is fine. Right. <laughs> I think it is, it's tough because we we aren't able to to sort of offer you the retort. Is there anything you want to shout out really quickly before we move on to the next caller?
5: Yeah. No worries. Um, yeah. First shout out would just be like to Travis. I've been a longtime fan, so shout-out to Alienware and Draft Buff for letting you do what you do all these years. Um, and yeah, also shout-out to the LCS. Um, yeah, double lift had a great broadcast, but I also thought that the rebrand and the LCS production was much, much better this year. So shout-out to you, Mark, for being a part of that and making that so much better.
1: Yep. I, I had nothing to do with it. It was all, all, all the production people. I just showed up like a fucking week and a half ago, and I was like, looks great, everybody. Good job.
0: Mark Z single-handedly oh, used, used Adobe Illustrator to create the logo. I was in paint,
1: drawing that LCS logo pixel by <laughs> pixel, man.
0: Thanks, thanks, Jumbo. Have a good one. Yeah,
1: you too. Thanks. thanks. G says, "Mark, why are you hiding that hairline?" Thoughts? I'm wearing, uh... I'm, I'm wearing a toupee right now, actually. <laughs> so normally my hair goes this way, but I realize if I go the other way, it like looks a little bit more feathered, you know, like a little bit more layered.
0: I love people are like we we we. <laughs> Mark was like, "We gotta go get these new collars," and then he's like, "But look at my hair—the way." It that's works. a
3: life changer, though. I'm like, my hair always goes this way. Like it does, you know? Right? It's
0: yeah. like, look at
1: look at this look compared to to this one.
0: Mark, maybe we're ready for the night next night day.
1: Are you? I've been ready for ten <laughs> minutes, man.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Twitch chat. Oh, Trick Two G is in there. Yeah, he's the one that shouted out. Yeah, you're right. Um, t- uh, Twitch chat. Uh, was mentioning earlier that oh, yeah, but how much of responsibility does double lift have to not should people people have um, I, I am not saying that double lift Shouldn't be doing that although I, I, I am saying that I think it doesn't help with viewership We can debate whether or not that's a good thing that he's doing it It's probably great for him because he gets good viewership whenever he's shooting on people people want to tune in for that But I don't know if that helps long term the health of the league uh, to Papa Smithy's point I think uh, in there earlier uh, let's see. And people don't yeah. want to hear me say that though, because they want to just say, "Well, yeah," but I want to hear him shit on people. Uh, MSA is that he say it or is it messy? Uh,
6: it's it's just messy. Uh, name's Jesse. Just
0: a play okay. on the name because you put an underscore there, so it threw me off. Messi is here. Messi, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
6: Um, I want to talk about blabber. Um. I'm a big C9 fan, biased. So uh, I honestly think that he deserved – he he got a lot of hate last year, summer specifically, obviously, um, after their downfall. Um, But I I found it, again, probably being a a biased fan, that it was ridiculous that uh, people thought he fell off. I think he's, like, on the level of, um, like, uh, season five, six, Bjergsen, when he was just taking over the league. Like, we haven't seen someone like that until we saw Blabber last year, and I don't think he's fallen off at all.
0: Golden Glue, do you – you know, I, Mark and I just talked a lot in that last call, so I'm kind of curious what, what you think of Blaber. I mean, the caller it sounds like he's is suggesting that maybe people were too critical of his downfall last year. Um, so I'm kind of curious what your take is for the end of last season and, uh, and this one so far.
6: Uh,
3: well, Blabber was extremely dominant in spring, and then – he was dominant first half of summer and then the last half like they were what, they were like nine oh or something. They were undefeated. They were doing well. And then just last half towards playoffs, the the team definitely faltered. Um I still think Bobber's a really fucking good player, probably like top three jungle NNA. I do think there's good competition, especially now with like closer. I feel like closer is really insane. And he's got like a, a good team built around him. So I don't think he will be like as standout, dominant, like he he was in the, the start of spring, uh, last year. But I still think he's a really really good player. And you know, I played with him for a long time. I played with him for like a year and a half on Cloud Nine, and he's a really smart guy, he's a good teammate, uh, really mechanically gifted. So I know you mentioned yeah. Cloud
0: Nine dropped off, but do you think Blaber dropped off at the end of last summer too? Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I was talking about like Golden Glue.
3: I'm trying to remember. I mean, I feel like. Our plan versus C9 when I played versus them was just like perma Olaf, because if you get blabber Olaf a 1v9 and then I don't really recall um I don't really remember how how did our playoffs go? So why did we lose our playoffs match versus them? I don't know if it was a blabber gap or not. I don't think it was.
0: So undecided, yeah. perhaps.
3: Undecided, yeah. I'm not really I, I definitely uh-huh. yeah, I'm undecided.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there was definitely like a fall off for the whole team. Like their bot lane started struggling a lot, like with the new like Caitlyn. Well, not, not Caitlyn. Was it Caitlyn priority? What yeah, I feel like that was yeah. the weirdest thing.
3: They're picking Ezreal, Yumi, and Caitlyn meta. Like that. That was. It's like, they so Kona had a very easy formula with Bobber. What they played, they played a winning bot lane, and they would stack dragons, and Bobber would basically invade off his winning bot lane, and then bot lane wasn't winning because they're picking Ezreal, Yumi, into Caitlyn and dumb shit like that. So. Um, I feel like sometimes it's hard to, like, put it all on one player. Like, this player is falling off when, you know, usually it's a, a chain of effects of why players don't play well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the the best jungler conversation is really interesting, though. Um, just with, like, it's the start of the year, obviously. But I felt like spring last year, everyone but C9 kind of sucked. TL was, was a dud. Brox wasn't even there initially. TSM wasn't that great. FlyQuest was basically the only other competitive team EG a little bit. Um they they had their moments. Um uh but they 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 were up and down at different points as well. So like I think it's a situation where now teams feel a little bit more complete. Like when Santorin gets here, is it Santorin, Blabber, Closer all competitive? Is Svensker going to keep having this resurgence because he could easily, you know, climb back up the rankings like it does feel like a position that will be way more contested than than it kind of was. At spring last year,
7: yeah. I, I mean, what's well, uh, oh, go ahead, sir. go ahead. Sir. No, go ahead.
6: Um, so uh, kind of touch on a couple of things. I, I think so, C9's failures, in my opinion, this is again no information. You guys probably have way more than I do. I feel like um, licorice started to fall off. Like, I don't know if you guys even remember, like, he started getting solo killed even when they were winning. Like, it became a meme that if licorice didn't get solo killed, they weren't going to win the game. And then what changed was the meta mid, right? Azir became popular, Ori became popular. Like these control majors became popular, which Niski didn't have, isn't known for being a dominant like laner. I think like the the meta beforehand fit him because he it allowed him to sack waves, even when he was playing um, what's her name? Oh, I can't think of her name. Who's the one that has a sleep? What is the
7: Exactly,
6: or... exactly. Like he's it's amazing, Zoe. But that's like his one off pick other than, you know, the supportive mid laners that he was dominating on. And then jungle meta didn't change. So I think a lot of the hate that Blabber gets is he can't play anything that's not aggressive, right? That's like he can only play aggressive junglers, but there wasn't anything in meta that wasn't aggressive besides set. And if you go look, like he he was like 100% on set. I don't think he actually lost the game. He lost a game on Hecarim. Which well, was I don't a... want
0: to. I, I don't want to adjudicate the entire second half of last year. Last year's Cloud9 performance, but I I hear what you right, mean, which is like perhaps yeah. I, I perhaps think the, I the
1: overall sentiment of the tales of Blabber's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Is is probably pretty accurate. Like I don't. I a right. lot of people were saying like, oh, he's a one dimensional jungler who needs his his mid laner to prop him up, and like right now Perks is. Playing okay, you know, but like it's right. it's it's not like they're two v two dominating mid jungle or something. Here, you know, here's like, a more
0: interesting question that I have for you guys on the Cloud Nine front. Um, no, no offense to the caller, but I'm hijacking this. Uh, wh- how do you, Golden Glue and, and Mark, expect and foresee C Nine reconciling these two different playstyles? Because they went from having a mid laner last year that was entirely based around like helping to support the team and make sure they succeed to I think a player who most people uh, expect to sort of take on the like classical Bjergsen role where he's the guy that's going to carry. And so now people like the, the team needs to sort of bend towards his will. Um, I feel like those are the two narratives that people tend to push. Um, I mean, that's at least it seems to be where Jensen's skepticism is coming from with it. When he says he's not even sure if C9's roster is an upgrade this year because Niski did so much for that team in a supportive role from the mid lane. So Mark is uh, currently dealing with some, aggro but um yeah. go ahead golden glue what do yeah. you think
3: yeah i mean actually i was about to answer with this talking about that because i think that you have to talk about blabbers this year's performance relative to last year you have to talk about the change in mid lane and play style because yeah niski did so much to kind of enable blabber to play like be his best self per se and i don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be definitely just different with perks, uh, different players, different playstyles, different champion pools. Um, you know, perks will be playing. He, he's down to play those control mages. He's down to play stuff like Yone. You know, he's down to play a lot, a lot of different playstyle. That's not just based off of um, either pushing or roaming with your jungler or like only playing two v two, three v three. Because that was basically C9's strength. Is like they would pick, maybe they went to pick a pushing mid, but Baba will come in and you guys will two v two and you guys will lose to them or. Misky will pick a pushing mid. He'll push, and then he'll group up with Blabber, and then they'll take over the game that way. So it's something going to be different with perks. Um, and I think, you know, I just want to wait and see, like, how does Blabber adjust? Or, or like, will, will perks adjust more? Like, who, wh- wh- what's really going to change?
0: Because I remember yeah. Sven got MVP in summer of 2019, and then Blabber got MVP in spring of 2020. And everybody's like, whoa, what's the uh, common factor here? Mark, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the, the perks. I saw a Dom tweet about this because it was in a red thread. It's a big chain. But, like, people saying, like, Perks is, like, a greedy-ish player and, like, lane kingdom focus and stuff. And it's just, like, it's not true. Like, it feels like people are, like, there's Niski B style over here where, like, you just fucking give everything up for your team and do be wherever you need to be, fuck waves, fuck tempo, all that kind of stuff. And then there's, like, the Froggen style over here or something where it's, like, I'm doing me, baby. and like those people are like are those the only two styles? And like it's not that way. like there's there's plenty of, of spectrum. there's plenty of different play styles based off the champion, you know, like are you a one three one? like are you you know like what are you what are you doing actually in the game? And I think people are just starting to just make it pretend like those are the two styles. Um, and I never felt like perks was like the I'm doing me baby kind of playstyle. so I, I I'm excited to see what he does because I think he's always been such a good balance between like aggressive, while not losing his mind. Like caps can go caps or craps. I never felt. I mean, like Perks had a bad, some bad international performances in 2016 that tainted some people's reception, but I, I, I never, I felt like he had a good risk reward balance. I felt like he played multiple play styles. Like he, he feels complete. I don't think it's one, like bend to my will, blabber or die.
0: That's honestly. Sometimes whenever I see all the discussion on the analyst desk, I just am like. Well, wow, I'm watching Mark right now, and he's just going off on this rant, like I'm doing me, baby, rather than you know, contemplating uh, what the I desk bend is. the
1: whole analyst desk to my to my will,
0: yes, yes, exactly. Okay, so you're you're perhaps fairly saying this is a false dichotomy, but I do do you think? But Mark, I think what is fair is to say what kind of what Golden was was insinuating, I believe, which is like they are not in the middle right now, so they have to figure out a way to like find this space right now, like Blabber and or sorry, yeah. Misky and Perks well, were on on the opposite ends of that spectrum.
1: Right. I wasn't disagreeing with, with um, you know, Golden Glue's point about Nisqy being in the Doinby-like area, right. but that doesn't mean Perks is in the other one necessarily. Gotcha. Uh, like, you know, like, yeah. I think what Nisqy did for his junglers and his team can't be understated. He gave up everything to make them, to, like, to, to put the team first. I don't think Perks is going to do that, but that doesn't mean everything is going to him, therefore.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Sure,
1: sure. I think it's also meta
3: dependent, right? Because you—that's that, yeah. the strength and a weakness, right? Like it, you know, towards the end of summer, to or up up until and, and up until summer, it's like oh, that's such a big strength, and then when summer meta comes around, it's like oh, that's a weakness. So it kind of yeah. really depends on, you know, what the meta is.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Hey, uh, Messi, sorry. Do you have any? Really quickly, I I want to offer you a chance to to respond to any of this. I know we kind of went off topic.
6: Um, I think like I honestly I, I completely forgot about. Blabber's Gragas, I think, like, remembering those ganks mid that he pulled off? a nasty
3: Gragas. Yeah. Right, so
6: yeah. I think that even, like, highlights to, um, like, how good him and Perks can be, like, that it's not, I think people remember as Nisky leaving mid, actually leaving mid, roaming in the jungle with, with um, Blabber, which it wasn't the case, like, in spring. So I think it, it shows, like, he can play to this, like, gank-heavy, not just invade-heavy style. Um, which would help Perks if anything. And I also think like the game against EG Perks would probably limit testing a little bit. He did an interview. I think that was on Reddit today, um, not a video one, but he talked about. how you know, there were times where it looked like he was inting, but it's because the team wasn't on the same page. So like if they all engaged at one point, they could have won the fight or whatever. Yeah. You know, could have happened. So I think there's more to it than just the stats it showed or even his his play. Um, they just have That's to good. grow a little bit.
0: Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break?
6: Um, No, nah. first time, first caller, um, awesome. And I have a couple of buddies that I've been gaming with for a long time in Wisconsin. So if they watch this, usually one of them does. Um, shout out to to Johnson. That's nice.
0: it. Well, shout out. Uh, congratulations to him on his uh, Dignitas situation. Messi, thank you so much for the call. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right, we're gonna take are a quick, th- really quickly. What, Mark? Did you have something you want to say? No, I was gonna ask for a new break. We're gonna take a quick break to talk about Alienware, the sponsor for the show. Thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring Hotline League and so much of what we do uh, at CES this past week. They announced their new R4 versions of the M15 and M17. Those are using the new 3000 series graphics uh, that are available now in a, a laptop version. So. Go take a look at their notebooks. You can check them out at alienware.com slash Travis. You can use Travis 10 off Q4. Also take a look at their crazy, uh, is it 360, I think it's 360 hertz refresh, but I want, I want to just check it. Uh, yeah, 360 hertz refresh monitor. I was actually just reading a Tom's Guide review of it, uh, four and a half out of five stars, uh, really high reviews for it, talking about just how insane it is to be able to play on a uh, monitor that has that high refresh rate and uh, such low latency. Um, so it's always kind of cool. Obviously, you know, I, I understand sometimes people are skeptical about the marketing behind some of the stuff but whenever you see um, Something like that where they go in so in-depth in the review on what it's like using that and sort of the testing pro, uh, uh, testing methods that they use to uh, Verify that stuff. I think it's super fascinating as somebody who's really interested in tech myself. So it's really neat to see them just um, really just talk about how uh, how great it is so I think they started off with Alienware's AW2521H is one of the fastest monitors we've ever tested. Um, So it's just really cool to see that uh, coming out of Alienware. That's one of their new monitors. You can go check it out. Again, all that and more over at Alienware.com slash Travis, and you can use travis 10 q 4 to save 10% off your order uh, when you're over there. Moving on to the next caller. Mark's going to go grab them. Yeah, let's like? (laughs) What What did I miss? I just went through it so quickly. Nothing. So I'm
1: going t- tell. Golden Glue posted like in OnlyFans. Golden Glue into uh, okay. Twitch chat, but it was a real account. Like it actually <laughs> okay. went to some other person. Okay. And now, I, now everyone just has a history. Everyone I think I have to, to time out history.
0: Golden Glue for that. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, for the t- I
1: removed, I lost moderator privileges.
3: You, you, we'll
0: <laughs> see. Maybe it, once you once you've served your time out, Golden Glue, we can um, we can reinstate you. I don't know how <laughs> I, how I feel about that.
3: Anyway, uh, industries, you know, uh, we're not Travis Cabbard Industries just partying every Saturday, true, uh, true. making millions of dollars. We have to show lot here. You know, this is one of the ways I have to support myself.
0: <laughs> La Tigress just subbed for six months. Uh, to- not like it's been six months since she subbed, she just subbed for six months all at once as a tier one sub. Thank you, La Tigress, for the uh, for the oh. sub. That's very, very generous of you. Clear, clearly, you've inked a long-time contract with uh, with Riot if you feel so comfortable popping in on that. That's really cool. Uh, naked Homeless Man, thank you for the 36 months as well. We've just got all the great people subbing today. Uh, three years. Insane. Ivy is here. Ivy, where are you calling from?
2: I'm calling from Canada.
0: Canada. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
2: Um, I'm calling about how TL's current roster won't will win this year the season but won't do anything impressive at worlds and it's for the same reason that clg won't um do particularly well with their roster but on a lower scale obviously and it's also what tsm did for a while
0: okay it's interesting when you say when you use cl clg as the comparison lever for team liquids poor performance um so i'm kind of curious about this so you're saying tl is going to win this year and and they will fail at worlds uh, the same way TSM did, and what Golden Glue, you're very excited about this. I don't know.
3: No, it's just so funny, right? It's like no matter what team Liquid does, right? It seems like that's the narrative. Like, ah, oh, these guys will just win again, and then shit the better at Worlds. I don't know. It's I mean, so hilarious. Well, go ahead
0: and well, on let's one let's just hear right? from her why why this is the case. Go ahead, Ivy.
2: Everyone shits the bed at Worlds, except C9. Very occasionally gets to like quarters or wins semis once. Um, so I'm not a TL fan. I actually kind of hate them. Um, and <laughs> Their current like I didn't use any them, I used to be super indifferent, but now they're doing the same thing TSM was doing. TSM used to use their clout, I guess, as a popular team to get players um, that were very good, and TL just uses big sacks of money. Um, and I'm a TSM hater, and I've slowly grown a hate for TL over time. Um, and so what they've done is they've collected a few players. I mean, Tactical, I'll give them, is an actual rookie that they've built up, and I'm not super familiar with Alfari. But what they've done is collected a bunch of players that are like near the top, but not super impressive, like Jensen um, and previously like If They're getting players that they're like, this is a superstar. I'm going like to slot it in, have all superstars and then win. But they don't have any inherent synergy in the way that these people want to play. And they're usually older players that have built in like ways that they do stuff. That are really grounded into them and then all of those little incongruities in how they want to play the game get in each other's way and then they beat everyone in our region because they can just outlane them at like a basic level their mechanics are better but then when they get into the world scene they play players that are similarly mechanically inclined but have better meta play and CLG is doing the same thing except at like the mid-tier um lcs level where they've got like a bunch of these players that are old with skills that are developed, they're like known players, they're pretty good, they're not like amazing, they're like A tier, if you want to call TLS tier, and they're not going to do anything with it, because all of their inherent, like, built-up ways that they play are not going to work together at all. I, uh... You're, you're, uh...
3: TLDR fuck old players? I feel like that's the TLDR.
2: No, not at all. They're like superstar I... players, but they're not superstars. None of these players are superstars. They're one tick below them. For,
1: for CLG, right?
2: No, for for i mean core jj maybe i'll give you is a superstar player one of those players that's amazing but like double lift is not like if you take double if when double lift goes to the worlds he plays two heroes and they're not generally the meta heroes and then he shits the fed at worlds but because he's not Champions? playing what's meta all
0: right this is a dota how dare Look, you it's a, all right first
2: of all here's the storm will come back um all
1: right so before golden glue goes or unless golden glue wants to go first oh, uh, i think this is a, a take that i actually Kind of like, but I think it's a little too negative on on individual players. Uh, like, I think the identity of some of NA's top teams of being, especially in the past, like you said, with like some of the TSM rosters and stuff, of being like just the best player at each position, and then kind of just like pub stomping NA and kind of like being able to roll over them. And then when they get to Worlds, they might not have the diversity of strategy or or whatever because they've kind of just been skill checking teams the whole time. You know that, that's a narrative that's existed a little bit. I, I see some maybe some truth to it um, versus just like maybe the other teams are just better as well. Um, but like it is something that I think has happened before where NA team seem the top teams seem to have this very slow play style that you know it doesn't take a lot of risks, doesn't do a lot of crazy stuff, and then they go to Worlds and they kind of roll over and then maybe maybe they after they're knocked out. out, yeah, right. And then maybe once they're knocked out, they they start playing loose again, right? Like that could happen with this TL team. And I, I see what you're saying. I think it's a little too negative, like I said, on like individual players. Like, I think Alfari is amazing from what I've seen so far. What he's done in EU, uh, he's been to Worlds and is, has been able to to do well. So like, I I think you know I don't hate the idea of trying to build a superstar lineup by TL, but like I I hope they don't fall into this potential pitfall of like, well. We have three winning lanes every single game, and Santorin just runs around and makes sure that they win. But at the same time, like, G2 isn't that... Like, they, they built the roster a similar way, and they were incredible. So, you know, like, I, I can't necessarily fault the, the approach.
2: Really... G2 had players for longer, though, right? I will say that TL's current roster is looking pretty good. I mean,
1: like, uh... they booted Hjarnan and... Uh, Wadid, was it like as soon as they could get upgrades for mickey and stuff and they they slowly over time churn their roster until they had a winning one which is what TL's doing right like double lift to court jj with jensen to like you know as they try and level up over time
0: we're really quickly before i throw this to golden glue i want to i'm curious ivy uh do you do you feel as though because you say tl will win you you don't think that any of these other teams will contest them now like c9 doesn't look good enough to you to like Push them to be
2: good
7: okay, enough. Okay, well, to... I'm a C9
2: fan, and currently, I feel like um, some of their unknowns, which we didn't know at the start of the season, are going are not looking positive. I think C9 will make it to Worlds, and will probably do better than them at Worlds, as that's the C9 tradition, right? Yeah. That's why I love C9. They lose in the finals to the team everyone likes, and then they do better at Worlds because the team everyone likes is garbage.
0: I mean, in one sense, I love these narrative-driven conclusions that Mark already accuses me of, but in another sense, like, if you think C9 is better, it feels like you should expect them to win, Um, right? Like, especially because there's been so much change uh, on the team level and the coaching level.
2: I don't know, C9 got, did better at Worlds every single season except the last one, or equal. But even the one when they went equal was TSM, getting gifted a free game in the semis because Samsung couldn't pick meany enough champions to lose. Yeah, to I don't mean like,
0: Worlds, I mean like in finals. Yeah,
2: but I mean generally they lose in the regular season and then they do better at Worlds because, you know, their synergy builds up and their weaknesses get filled in. Whereas teams with Doublelift or Jensen... They have like doublelift just has like inherent flaws that he's never gonna fix, right?
0: Well, he's definitely and, not gonna fix them now. He's definitely um,
2: he's not gonna fix them now. Golden.
0: Uh,
3: Jensen. So, so we're talking about Jensen versus doublelift, but um, and then we're gonna talk about C9 New Better Worlds. narrative. <laughs> um, C9 2018. When I was there, when we were playing, when we did Better Worlds, when we lost in the finals, I, which I definitely would have preferred to win in the finals, but we lost, and then we did Better Worlds. Um, that was with Jensen on the roster at 2018, uh, when you know. Yeah, but
2: Jensen it. was like a newer player now. He's been how long ago was that?
3: He was still pretty old at that point. I feel. No, but, like.
2: No, but like that was pre him then getting bought again as a top player in the region by TL, which is what TL does and what TSM did do, do. They buy. Oh, you think the both? The, you think TL is also
0: a talent suppression machine?
2: Well, what, it's what TSM used to do, and now they're garbage just fully, and they can't do it anymore because they don't have. Team Team Liquid is a talent
0: limiter, and TSM is a talent...
7: talent
2: I don't know about talent limited. I just think they pick players up at their peak and don't work on synergy or meta, and then those players don't get past a group stage at world level. And then
1: like when Jensen did well at MSI that following year with Team Liquid... And they, they, they knocked out IG.
2: Look, Mark, anyone can cherry pick specific.
7: <laughs>
1: well, I don't know how you're just going to be like, all right, every time Jensen did well, he was, it was on was the way down, Mark. T9. Yeah, but there's And like then when he went on TL, they, it was always lucky. He was still well, riding
0: the like, Cloud, nine, yeah, the cloud still, 9 juice. He's still anyway. at his
2: peak, right? He's yeah. at that peak, but then it starts to go down. These players, you can't pick up Double Lift in Season 9 and expect him to like grow at that point.
1: Yeah, like Reckless. Like He's just been on a downward slide over and over and did not just have he, one of his best tournaments players.
7: ever.
2: Don't matter. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Gold, golden Glue, I Do you mean, have any thoughts on this? kind of off the main out?
2: point, which is not oh. that these players have aren't can't be good. It's that they're put together without any
1: thought. Right. So, like in that in that regard, right? Like just buying superstar players and slapping them together. Whatever. I mean, I think that's that's the core core point. I agree. Golden I Blue. Know. How do you feel? Uh, I mean, I feel like
3: for TL, like the I do think they. I don't know. They have a pretty good team. I think their team isn't just full of straight superstars. I think Santorum was a really good player, but his playstyle also fits, like, what TL wants to do, right? Like, he was a supportive kind of jungle, for the most part, on FlyQuest, and they mainly played around PoE. Now he has, like, three lanes to play around, so I feel like there is still some, um, like, thought process behind putting in these rosters, and I don't necessarily think it's... Purely just getting the best player for each role. I don't think even when TL was winning, that's what that's. I don't think they were doing that either. Like you can look at the lanes and say that, but still, their jungler was like Smithy when they were winning, and still a similar play style of like, um, you know, supportive jungler. And then if you want to talk about and shit on Worlds, we'll just like, you know, China and Korea is pretty good at League of Legends. Like I don't know, we could mastermind think about how to beat them. All, you know, all day like but they're beating us, so.
0: Very good. Hey uh, Ivy, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? It was very entertaining.
2: Yeah, actually, I want to shout out you, Travis. I've been watching you for like ever, and you've turned from this like gruff sort of troglodyte to a really (laughs) professional reporter. And, you know, I really respect like how you've made yourself a career and like become this like big name in esports. And I really feel like one day I'm gonna tune in (laughs) I'm gonna tune in and see you with a major sponsorship like McMasterCard or Coca-Cola or even Dare to Dream, Tidy Cat.
0: Very good. That's such an old reference. I don't even know how many of the people it's only it's like three years old now, but I know that some of the people I've done this every
2: time Coca-Cola. I've come on the show. And, and I know, I know, phone. I
0: know. <laughs> anyway, That's thanks so cool. thanks so much. It's thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you later.
7: What
3: is a troglodyte? Oh, a person who lived in a cave.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i respect i respect that she at least shot shot fire shot at everyone you know not just yeah, players travis yes. is a troglodyte yeah and no, i want to say
0: people in twitch chat freak out and they're like hang up i'm like okay listen everybody we were having fun out of that call and also like if twitch chat twitch chat complains about like oh not a hot take and then somebody calls in with like a, a fun spicy one and everybody goes hang up this take is bad we would just never have a caller on this show mark go ahead
1: I was gonna say I want to say that our sponsors are our major sponsors to me.
0: Our, our sponsors are major sponsors. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I I think Draft Buff is gonna IPO any minute. Uh, I hear that's gonna. I
3: happen. can't I can't post links anymore, Travis. I was just about to post a photo of a troglodyte. <laughs> you
0: you've lost your posting privileges. I just that want to reason. say everyone to
3: Google what a troglodyte is and look at the images <laughs> and have that right up next to Travis.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Anyway, uh, that's so funny. You can't post links anymore. Way to go. (laughs) Um, That's
3: fair,
8: though. That's fair. Yeah.
0: Top Hat Matt is here. Top Hat Matt, where are you calling from?
8: I'm calling from St. Louis.
0: St. Louis. Were you on the show previously? I wasn't, no. Okay. Were you at our St. Louis show?
8: Uh, I was, yeah. My friend actually got on the show.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show?
8: All right hear me out here think by the end of spring Immortals is going to eventually become a top six team
0: by the end of spring immortals will be a top six team okay
8: or like like quotation spring or like whatever before the uh msi tournament right
0: yeah
7: Mids-
8: okay
0: Whatever. Here, here's my question you haven't even seen this roster play together they're playing with like <laughs> this weird <Yeah>. zombie roster <laughs> yeah. so like it's re. This is a very, very hot take, um, and I don't know if there's much seasoning in it. I guess is the way I would yeah, do it. Yeah, but
8: it's definitely a shot in the dark. I yeah. will say, but yeah, right. I think a huge thing is going to be from their bot side. I think Reyes is coming off of a really surprising world's play and run. Like I don't think anybody thought Order was really going to do that well in plans, especially given their group, like Mad Lions. Uh, I think TL was in their group and a few other people. I guess was really the top performer of that team, and he pretty much like I guess carried them off of like him playing Ezreal and such. And uh, he's also playing with the support that he played with previously, I think during 2018, which was Destiny. And with their time together, I think it was on uh, Chiefs Esports Club, they were by far, I think, in my opinion, the best uh, in bot side.
0: You're and, uh, so, I think sorry, got... really quickly, you live in St. Louis and you're watching OCE games.
8: Yeah, I'm crazy, right?
0: i mean yeah a little bit like i i'm just i i don't mean to 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 shit on the opl especially after their unfortunate demise last year but it's just i i feel like you go there's so many other leagues that people would go through before they get to opl to watch something that's not their region but
3: i feel like we might be talking to the guy who pulled the strings to make opl players be able to play in north america i'm not <laughs> yeah, sure he's like,
0: He's oh, like, answer, listen, bro. this is what we've needed <laughs> what? all along. I can make a top six <laughs> team if you just give me some of these, <laughs> some of these OCE players not on region contracts. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, is that your main, your main point? Is you just believe a lot in their bot lane?
8: Uh not means? exactly. I think, uh, I think an entire, like, whole entire different side of the coin is Xerxe. Now he's coming off of like a really not hot uh, LEC run because of uh, Origin, sadly. Australis now, right? Yeah. But uh, even then, I think he was still one of the main performers on that team. Uh, like, I, or not the main performer, because obviously that's like uh, their top side of their bot side, right? He was still like not really doing terribly, and he still looked to be on fashion of being like the type of jungler that he is. But I think besides that, he is an entirely different jungler than Potluck, because Potluck is like he's really focused on playing a lot of farm-heavy, like aggressive junglers like Kindred or Graves. I they can play that. But to a whole entire different level, because he's actually played it at the top level of like going to worlds with splice and such. But he can also play it, like, of course, better just because of the amount of the experience that he's had. But at the same time, he can also play stuff like uh, like a lot more utility based. Like, I'm pretty sure he was one of the big Ivern players back in Season 7. And also he can play stuff like, uh, I guess, tanks like uh, Zach and uh and stuff.
3: Serse was kind of known for playing um champions like that, right? Like kind of like random champions, like pulling out a bunch of yeah.
8: Like he was I think he was one of the only Oh, no, was Rengar like the huge Rengar thing in season 7 as well or uh or was that just him?
1: I think season 7 had Rengar when it was like the assassin rework and they were all nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that was season it 7. Was one of you used to be like a like scout
0: or, or something well. cuz you're like well, I think back in season 7 this champion was meta and also uh there's LEC this player was playing this in LEC and this player was playing this in OCE like you're all over the place. Um in a good way. Yes. I'm not yeah. I'm not yeah, it's not all over the place in a bad way. I'm just like you're literally you're uh watching a lot let, of League of Legends.
1: Let me ask Golden Goo this. What do you think of their solo lanes? Cuz those are two of the people who aren't those are the only two players. Revenge and, and Insanity. I don't know if you caught their their, their games. Uh, yeah, I definitely
3: didn't watch all of the games. I do remember watching Revenge. Didn't Revenge get two solo kills? I remember he solo killed Fudge on
8: Jace. I think, he yeah. Solo killed yeah and, uh, and, uh, uh, I
3: guess, yeah, he's got another solo kill on Camille, right? Yep. Yeah, that was where Insanity was like, I'm pretty sure doing pretty well in lane, the Orianna versus Zoe game versus C9. So, like, I was pretty, I guess, Sorry. content watching the solo lanes. I was like, um i i you know another interesting factor you know how is this playing online versus lan different for the veterans versus like all these younger rosters will we see better better performances out of these kind of players i do think that's actually a pretty big um variable that it's kind of hard to think about um but they're only did pretty well I would, I would say i was mildly impressed i'd say <laughs>
0: Listen, Wait. the Hunter T Academy coach says that he's mildly impressed with their performances. These guys are top six for sure. Uh, I, Mark?
1: I, I would say part of the reason, like, mildly uh, surprised is good is because, like, Fake God, or excuse me, um, Revenge played against Fake God and Fudge in Academy and usually did not get the better end of them. Uh, you know, so, like, the fact that he had good performances against them, yes, it's still early in the split, but, like,. Um, that's a, a very big part of why I think Immortals could actually work out because their solo lanes were, you know, it's two NA, you know, players. Everyone's always always concerned about that, and they're two younger ones. Insanity has almost always had. He always has these like, we I almost did it moments, <laughs> and like he had another one where he, he tried to flash under turret on the Lucian to, to get the kill, and then Jazuke outplayed yeah. the shit out of him. Uh, but like you know, he he's close to working out. Revenge was good. And so, like, when Xurcay comes, if Rays and Destiny are good, then this actually could be a good lineup. I I totally agree with the caller.
7: Yeah.
0: Well, (gasps) do you think they'll be top six, Mark?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that crazy to be top six. I put them them at six. I I think top six is, like, pretty much
8: you're beating out FlyQuest for sixth.
1: Who knows? I mean, like, right, so Golden Guardians, Dig, you're assuming they're going to be better than them. I assume that you're also would probably mm-hmm, put CLG, CLG below them at that point, and then Flyquest, and so it's like,
8: oh yeah, CLG, CLG as well.
1: Yeah, it, it is hard to get above all of them. I I won't say it's like a guarantee, but like if the bottling thing works out, and Zerse can play like his old form, and the Soul laners stay playing at this level, then I can see it happening.
0: I I don't, I don't have a yeah. doctor. I don't have a uh, mark. Mark, <laughs> if we have a mark, if we have uh, a a, a caller on this. St- Feel free to take me off, but really quickly, while we're talking about bottom teams, can I get a a sense from you guys on what what you thought about Golden Guardians this past weekend, both of you? Are they as bad as ever? I mean, you put them 10th, Mark. Um, Are they as bad as you thought they were going to be when you placed them 10th in your power rankings?
1: No, but I still think they might be 10th. I don't know how Golden Blue feels, but...
3: Um yeah, I don't know either. I, I I if they actually were able to close out the game with TSM, I would've been impressed, but the fact of the way the game turned out, it's like, oh, that that blows.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think the biggest fear is was that game and then also the TL1 where they gave up Baron and top inner or top in while they're like just doing a drake. Um and they they just kind of got picked apart.
0: Cuz the Golden there. Guardians roster is what I'm definitely rooting for because man, they they should be 10th based off of like all, how many rookies and you know pulling people out of college and all that stuff but so if they can they can actually put up an interesting performance i, f- I feel like that can be a really fun story so
1: yeah i think like i was impressed by their pre 20 minutes I, I was like oh this is going better they're not just getting like turbo blasted in lanes or anything like that but then like it's so easy to lose a game in league of legends like you're in a dumb spot for 5 seconds like you can lose the game off that um and we saw with like Immortals last year, how close they were to winning a number of games, but because they had like one missed play in a critical moment, they lost all those games. And like, I expect something like that to happen with golden guardians where we're like, Oh, the players are looking pretty good. But in terms of picking up wins, it's just not happening because they, they make these flubs. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they're still 10th, but we can still feel like you can still feel good at 10th. I think for, for that roster.
0: Yeah. I think you feel a lot better at ninth. You feel Uh, a lot better. If you're not the worst team in the, the the league then I, I think it's good. Okay, sorry, back to the immortal stuff. Okay, so both of you guys do you do both of you think these guys can be top six by the end of uh do you both of you think they will be top six by the end of spring?
3: I think it's more likely for immortals than golden guardians, even though golden guardians showed some promising things. And yeah also- sorry I just
0: meant immortals exclusively. Do you think immortals oh. will be? Do you think that they'll beat <laughs> out FlyQuest for instance?
3: Will it beat out FlyQuest? Uh Survey
0: says probably not. Okay. Probably not <laughs> says Survey
1: says. Survey says. No, uh, I, I would also bet sure. against it, but I I have always I feel good about the Immortals players.
0: Okay. There you go. Top Hat Matt, thanks anyway, so much for the call. what you're saying. And uh anything no you want to shout out?
8: Um uh shout outs to the Demonte Discord big fans. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he shouted you guys out. All of us.
0: He shouted you guys out in the interview.
8: Yeah. That's crazy. That's what right. He did with me. Yeah. But, uh, shout out to you. Of course, I've been watching you for a while. I think I got a picture with you in a uh, STL as well.
0: Nice. Did you get one with Mark? How about that. What? Okay. Well, regardless, thanks so much. Top hat Matt for the call and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Right, uh, reading out right. some more subs.
3: It's got such a weird deja vu moment there.
0: Yeah, we're, maybe maybe yeah, that same thing subs ha- first. Previous show. Jaffe fifty eight. Thank you for the ten months. Smoke dog. Billy J eight thousand. Quiblo for one year. Flick Nickum. Jimbo film. Raptor zero. Uh, Biggie's GNT two fifty. Optsm fan for twenty nine months. Says EG is the best team in LCS. Nodak for two years. Inuber Edric Hall. Easy Stay Safe, and Saint Louis Slayer twenty four. Just talking about Saint Louis. Uh, Thirty one months. We'll get to some more of you guys in a second. But first, Corinthiax is here. Corinthiax, where are you calling from? Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. Well, Alabama. Actually, I that's appreciate. kind of.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm. That's where my some of my uh, family's from. Actually.
9: Nice. Roll Tide, brother.
3: About <laughs> uh, my. Uh, we're, we're Auburn fans, so. Kind
9: oh. of like, okay hell, you
0: can, hell, I hell no brother <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do you want what do you want to talk about Those show Corinthians. Um, so I wanted to talk to
9: my fellow TSM fans um, oh. shut the fuck up flaming the players it has been one weekend um, <laughs> people are already talking about swapping Huni um, I could go on and on but it makes us all look so obnoxious and it is just, it is just so fucking annoying. Um, it's probably really disheartening to the players. It's been one week. Um, there's so much left to see. Just stop, please. Was this? That's really take, about
0: it. Was your your take was like, please just let me go on the show so I can tell TSM fans to shut up? Yeah, that was mainly it.
1: <laughs>
0: I <laughs> gotta say, I don't. That's,
1: that's wholesome. wholesome. What, this is what? Is this oh, yeah. a wholesome TSM fan?
0: Yeah. Mark, oh, how did yeah. he phrase this? I'm curious.
1: I don't know. He did not phrase it that like aggressively, but I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the commitment. Oh, yeah, so, he goes, so,
0: fellow,
7: fellow,
1: fellow TSM fans need to stop the flame on players, such as swapping Hooney already after a couple shaky games. It all makes us look disheart- uh, obnoxious and is likely disheartening to the players.
0: <laughs> that
1: is the here, take. He's like, shut the fuck up.
0: Uh, no, I like it. Though. I like it. <laughs> So, so where are you seeing this stuff? Are you? It's the TSM subreddit, or or where?
9: Uh, honestly, I don't even get on Reddit because of all that stuff. But it's mainly like replies to tweets. Like, I, these people have their post notifications on, to like flame TSM, and they're like calling themselves TSM fans, and it's just, it is so annoying. <laughs> I just, I really don't even know what else to say about it. Like. Yeah. At the comments of anything they post is like, swap Hooney, swap Hooney, bring in bringing bring in Hauser. Um, Where's Bjergsen? You know, I could go on and on. You know, y'all have seen it all. Um, I haven't. I didn't know there. people
0: were saying, where's Bjergsen?
9: Oh, it, it's, it's definitely happening. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just like Bjerg's bad coach. Where's Parth? You know, it's, I don't know.
0: That's not something I expected. People were not very big fans of Parth, I feel like, in the, the TSM community whenever he was. It's
9: mainly about so. the draft. It's mainly about draft. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just it's so annoying hearing this.
0: Do you do you believe in Hooney? Do you think he's gonna turn around or are you just frustrated? Is it is this sort of separate from it? It's like, hey, support the team rather than just going on people.
9: Yeah, definitely. I I definitely believe in Hooney. He's got a crazy track record of being on successful teams. Uh, good shines at worlds um i don't know i don't know it's just
1: <laughs> well we got a we got someone who played with Huni just a couple months ago golden glue what do you what do you think because oh, like, he completely is one forgot of the most, about that he's one yeah. of the most controversial players i think yeah. from the community on the outside what what do you think
3: yeah um i i like Huni a lot as a teammate i feel like he's uh like really aggressive playstyle and he's also pretty good at like being consistent about like actually doing that. And he's he's very good at like telling the team like what he wants. You know, like he'll, he, he, he will, how do I say it? Like he kind of leads the team. Like he kind of gives the team direction, which is not something that a lot of players bring. Like you kind of know you have Huni on your team. It's also another thing you get is a lot of teams just you get two free bands that was the weirdest thing of like from all my years of playing league of legends i joined a team it's just like oh people will just permaban rumble gp versus us it was the weirdest (laughs) thing i just was not used to that like because no one even played that champion was not even meta um but yeah he's a good player he obviously has like flaws where like his over aggressiveness gets them but when i was on a on team with him it always felt like his strengths definitely like overshined his flaws and plus, I think he was—he was a really good teammate. And when he made mistakes, he owned up to them.
0: Uh, I'm kind of curious for both of you. What do you think of TSM's drafts this weekend? Because obviously, we're talking about Huni, but also this was sort of a test for Bjerg. and he did this big interview with me during the offseason. People should go check it out if they missed it. But in it, he said, "You can blame me for the drafts." So, Mark and 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 Golden Glue, what do you guys think?
5: Well, uh,
1: you wanna go? I mean, I was just going to say that hundred, these draft looked unfun for Hooney. Yeah, <laughs> get like Amar, but... Oh yeah. But that's us. That's us trapping.
3: That's Zix, Lowell 100, 1v9. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I figured, uh,
1: other than that, I don't know. I thought they were okay. Um, you know, the, the NAR priority is something that's, that's contentious, even like globally, you know, LCK isn't winning on it. LPL is, there's like that whole conversation. Um, I think you know i i'm not saying like they they stomp draft anywhere or anything but like i don't know i'm just generally someone who doesn't look to draft that much um unless it's like egregious like i think the first one was one where it's like okay tsm probably lose this draft like 100 thieves have so much playmaking and all these tools and all this stuff like they're probably gonna lose but but i didn't really feel that way for the other two
0: necessarily yeah yeah i agree Very good well hey I pre- short but sweet. I appreciate the call. Oh, yeah. Um, Is there anything you want to say besides what you've already said to TSM fans <laughs> before we uh, move on to the next caller? Um,
9: shout out to Jared, one of my friends. Uh, shout out to Travis Gafford. Uh, TSM, um, yeah, nothing else. That's all I really had to say. I said what I needed to say. Very and good. thank you for the soapbox.
0: I appreciate you validating your TSM phantom by shouting out TSM and the, the ridiculous TSM. <laughs> Absolutely. Idea. Thank Thanks you for so, having me. Have a good one. Very good. Uh, we'll do one more color mark and then we'll take a break. Um, okay. If you want to go grab somebody. Uh, continuing some shoutouts. Uh, some Dedara, Thank you for the two months. Sparks crashing. Uh, Sir Darger, Darger. Thank you for gifting a sub. Jordan at almost three years, 35 months. Rebelcom for three years, 36 months. And uh, Lord Goof one year, Razzleplasm, 17 months. Thank you, Raz. Uh, Leandos, so many things, Uh, Mincio, JFK, uh, D Draven, and uh, oh, Razzleplasm gave a sub to OnlyFans Gamer Boy. That's very nice of him. Uh, Blue Uh, Jay is here. Blue Jay, uh, where are you calling from?
10: I'm calling from Ontario.
0: Ontario, Canada. Uh, What do you want to talk about on the show?
10: yeah so my take is that jensen and his comments about perks will come back to bite him in the ass although i think there could be some truth to what he said you shouldn't poke the bear and give like one of the greatest western players of all time any more reason to pop off um but with that said i'm like really happy that he said it and i think it's good that like players speak their mind and that kind of stuff
0: wait you said you're happy that he said it but you also think he shouldn't have said it
10: well, I mean, he shouldn't have said it because, like, you don't want to poke the bear. From a fan perspective, like, hell yeah, I'm happy he said it. You know what I mean? Like, it makes the the games a lot more exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, anybody who and hasn't hasn't seen it yet, feel free to go take a look at my interview with him. Where it's that's um, what?
10: I have the quote. If you want me to, yeah, go ahead. So his quote was basically. Um, I think this was from Reddit. I thought that it would be a downgrade for them in terms of roster. Niski really enabled that team very well, and I don't think Perks can replicate the same thing as Niski. That's the the quote.
5: Mm-hmm. Golden Glue
1: agree.
3: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <I mean, like, laughs> that uh, seems a little bit of a stretch, but you know, like I, I, I get where Jensen's coming from. So.
1: Just uh, trying to try touch out the 12 foot pole. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see both. the perspective, but I don't know if I can agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I also, uh, yeah, downgrade. Uh, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say Perks is going to be a downgrade. Sure, you could say maybe they might have different roles on the team. It might struggle yeah. more early. I would well, just he say you might as well trash talk anyway, though. Like if I was Jensen, I'd say the same shit. So. I mean,
0: people should go watch the interview because he also feels like he said he doesn't feel like he can learn anything from from Perks. Like people were accusing me for clickbaiting, but he 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 was did not seem very impressed uh, by Perks because I kind of opened it as like, oh, you know, like people talked a lot about Bjorksen and Jensen, and like now you have to deal with Perks. Do you think are you? you know, is that a thing? And he talked a little bit about that. And I was like, do you, do you feel like, uh, are you happy that he's coming over? Do you think you're going to learn a lot from him? And I don't, I pe- getting People should just go watch it. Uh, cause it's, it's a fun one for sure. And I love that he's, he's saying it. Um, yeah, I don't
10: think it was clickbait at all. Honestly, I think it was pretty representative of what he said in the yeah. whole conversation.
0: I mean, they were direct quotes, so yeah, it's difficult to, yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I think it'll come back to haunt him, because at some point in time, Perks is going to do well, and people will all say, well, see, Jensen? Look, Perks is doing well. You idiot. You said that he wouldn't do well, that this team wouldn't do well, and they just beat you in a best of one at some point. I'm not even saying that, like, Cloud9 won't end up better than Team Liquid. I'm just saying, like, it's inevitable that at some point in time, Cloud9 will do better than Team Liquid in some moment, or Perks will have this, like, very triumphant moment. He's a great player, and then people will all shove that in Jensen's face in terms of it haunting him though. I think Jensen's been willing to say what he thinks for a long time. And I don't know if that, like, like, I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be sitting there with his head in his hands, just being like, Oh no, Oh no. I said that thing of that Travis interview. And now he's going to tweet at me and say that I'm an (laughs) idiot. Oh,
10: I mean, maybe he will, if he gets like clapped in playoffs or something.
0: I mean, but he said this stuff before, right? Like he, faker. he went back, he, clap faker, true. Clap clap faker. Faker. <laughs> but even last split, he towards the end of the split was saying he thought TSM was really overrated and Reddit was like all on him. And then Golden, uh, Golden Guardians beat TSM and everyone was happy. And then, they, Golden, and then TSM won the split and everybody was angry. And then uh,
1: I, I literally yeah. wrote that meme for like 200,000 engagements. I just yeah. tweeted yeah. that same tweet over and over again. Yeah. Jensen quote and just farmed it
3: because I, I yeah. you could
0: use it both yeah, ways
1: honestly, honestly yeah I, like what well, I was just thinking
3: of when we're talking about Jensen's trash talk it's like wow this is gonna make some dank tweets like whenever Perks vs. Jensen face off if Perks win like there will for sure be some dang tweets
10: and I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah and well, thank and that's god why I,
10: that, that's that. why I say it's a good thing that he does that it's awesome it makes the league so much better to watch when there's actual like I don't know drama if you want to call it like it makes the games better to watch for sure
0: no, um, I, so this. I was thinking about this the other day. When EU LCS first started, way back in the day, I distinctly remember this picture of like uh, Expeke and Ocelot and several of the other big names that were in EU LCS at the time all standing together like with their arms around each other, smiling and taking a picture on the stage. And that was at a time when we had like Reggie and Hotshot and... Uh Diris and just a lot of very outspoken double lift obviously very outspoken players in the lcs that were not afraid to trash talk And i knew i remember at the time thinking like man i am so happy that we don't have eu lcs where everybody is like we're all buddies and friends and at the end of the day we compete but we're all like like, I'm not even uh, much of, a, like, an edge lord guy or, like, edgy type person. I, I'm i not even saying, like, I want there to be just, like, all this drama and people being terrible with each other or stuff. But, like, I was just happy that there was, like, some spice and fun in the league. And for, we've talked about this before on the show. Like, for a long time, the LCS has shied away from it, I think, because a lot of the players don't. I mean, I assume, Golden Glue, that you know that if you trash talk somebody and then you get shit on by them whenever you were competing that then there's a reddit thread and everybody's mocking you and i think people just don't want to do it um and so i'm always really happy whenever people do
3: yeah i mean i, I th- definitely think that uh, i mean for me when i was playing like i didn't want to talk for first like five six years of my career because it's one like well i'm going for someone generally if you're a new player like this player's more experienced they're probably you know they're going be better and they're more I don't know, they have advantages over you. So if you shit talk them and you lose, it's just like, oh, people are going to shun you so hard. Um, I think the one thing that's really good about like a lot of the LAC now is like they're so – the players are so much better at bantering. And I think uh, like, I don't know, just in a culture is not as good at like making playful, fun comments, like making things yes. interesting. I You have to – there's definitely a balance where it's just like you can have healthy trash talking that – But but the thing is, like, I feel like NA also just doesn't know how to do that very well. Like, the players are just, like, more socially inept than, (laughs) uh, you know, like, LAC players. Like, I look at LAC tweets, I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, I love that. Like, you know, it's it's true, but it's flame, but it's also, like, uh, you know, it's just looking at the reality of a situation and making a joke about it. And not trying to deny the
10: reality of the situation. I actually don't think that it's an LCS thing. I would say that it's probably because the LCS doesn't perform well that it's an LCS thing. Like, let's say if we did have a team that played to the level of G2, then maybe we would actually have a little bit more of that. Do you think or no?
1: I mean, like, Gilius and people are, like, throwing shit all over the place. And they're, like, not on G2, you know? Like, there's a lot of players... One in of my LA, favorite
0: yeah. times was when Dardoch said CLG beating them. I forget what team Dardoch it was, was on at this point. It was a yeah, fluke. it was on TL. The fluke quote was one of the best. <laughs> I, I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I, I mean, we were talking about this a lot today, actually, on in, like, LCS about, like, the different kinds of trash talk. Like, there's, there's like, where you're actually shit-talking someone because you don't respect them. There's, like, giving your honest opinion on people who you think is overrated, which I think Jensen does a lot. Like, he's not, like, going out there trying to shit on perks, but he's just, like, i think the community is over hyping tsm or whatever uh and then there's like to to going to this point like this like the banter which has like the, it stinks because it has like that little bit of truth in it but it's still mostly a meme and i feel like that's the one that na just can't do for some yeah. reason like every mm-hmm. time that we try and do banter it's like so fucking stupid and forced it's like yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna end his career <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it's not like a funny joke that like two players are in on from solo queue or something that like happens in like, you know like, someone will like grief someone in solo queue like and popped off at gilius I think it was or whatever you know like, I don't know I feel like there's just like more going on in the scene like more interconnection between the players um and like more to pull on on a personal level when they want to banter.
3: Yeah, I-, I think it's really awkward when you try to like force banter right or organic right. banter it, it, it just it doesn't work when it's not organic
0: yeah no, I so think there that's needs to one be of
10: some the... truth to it
0: yeah, yeah well I, mean, it's like, like... I think it's it's also just about are you having it's like when mark and i make jokes at each other on the show like we're, we're friends and so we've been able to do this stuff for a long time um and i and i only cry myself to sleep a little bit whenever he does it and uh <laughs> and that's the big difference but but i think you know there's just not there's not as much of that i don't know if it's like people aren't as friendly i mean there's some friends with each other in the league i mean golden glue you're friends with people uh and why didn't you flame them
3: i think it's just a culture it's a culture difference i think i don't know i would say towards the end of my career like when i was playing on eg i don't i remember like not really caring as much to me it was the point where the thing was i cared too much i didn't want to like flame people and I feel like once you have a level of indifference, then you just kind of say whatever you feel like.
0: Yeah.
1: One day someone else will say the imp line of like, did you see me make Piglet cry? And like, <laughs> about it. that was <laughs> oh, like the ultimate God. level of like, oh, <laughs> oh
7: my God. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh.
7: Yeah.
0: That'd I know. I mean, I, I miss, I miss stuff. I'm happy that fudge is, is bringing some of that stuff back. And I like that Jensen says the stuff. And um, I mean, some of my favorite moments obviously were when, when Peter would just go out and be like he Peter would be great because he would say it so subtly and then he'd catch himself. Yankos does that now too when he shits on NA, he'll just be like, yeah, you know, like this player's in uh, NA. So I think he's just planning on retiring and like all this stuff. You just say it so subtly. It's so good. I love, I love Yankos banter. His is, his is so good? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Blue Jay, thanks so much for the call. Always fun to talk about um, banter and I appreciate it. Is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break?
10: Uh, just grads, golden glue on the coaching job. I'm glad that you found something in NA that I think you'll do really well with. So, pog.
0: Yeah.
3: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our second break of the night to talk about uh, our second sponsor this evening, which is Draft Buff. Draft Buff uh, is fantastic. I've been playing their games. I have a draft Royale and a fantasy league going right now, and uh, somehow I managed to win the Fantasy League. In fact, let me see if I can go ahead and pull it up. Let's see if you guys can see this. They now have it available. You can see a lot of it and interact with a lot of it on the uh, the website now. So you can go over to draftbuff.com slash... Actually, I think just draftbuff.com. And if you sign up, use code Travis Capper. That's how people know that I'm doing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So you can now... Um, you can create your own LCS, LEC. You can create a fantasy league that has both LEC and LCS players in it, which is something that DraftBuff exclusively offers, I believe, uh, for the season. So now's a great time to get in on that because you can get it going before um, the start of the, the, the season season uh, while we're still in the, the, the lock-in. You can scout these players, figure out what you think they're going to be doing. This is my team uh, from this past weekend, and I'm an idiot because I drafted Jose Diodo, was not competing um, and so I did not earn any points. Um, I was, a, a... you
1: drafted three TSM, a player who didn't compete defly. Did definitely carry you?
0: Yes. I won. Oh,
1: you, you got TSM the team too. Yes.
0: So that, this was not my intention. What happened was I got, and I ended up at the end of the draft. And so like everybody else was pulling like cloud nine players and team liquid players and stuff. And so I think the first player I picked was, I want to say it was POE um, because I felt like getting uh, the mid player was pretty good. And then just, if it, like, everyone was ignoring TSM players, and so it would be my turn to draft, and I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I'll get Sword Art, and then, um, you know, like, by then, by the time I got to Hooney, a bunch of people, whatever. Anyway, the point is, my team won barely. I need to figure out this. Jose Diotto's back for next week, right?
1: Uh, I, think? I think he's supposed to be.
0: Uh, anyway, go, go check it out. Um, I think my... I, I got carried by deathly, but I think my draft Royale did not do as well I need to check it out because I think I had some uh, Some players that did not perform the way I was hoping to so anyway uh, If you're in the twitch chat right now, you can do exclamation mark draft buff and that'll give you a link to join uh, My draft Royale uh, Right now or no, sorry. So actually a, a yeah, it's the draft Royale I believe for, for the start of the season so you can play in a in a big group with a bunch of Travis Scafford viewers and see how you do, see if you can beat me, but also feel free to go sign up uh, for that. Also, you can check out the uh, the app right now. I think you can do some of the stuff on the website. They're building that out, but there's still a lot that you can or you can do everything in the app. So go check it out. It's on uh, the App Store or Google Play. So thank you so much to Draft Buff for sponsoring the show. We have a ton of fun with them, and they're a great sponsor to have on the show because obviously um, everyone enjoys uh, playing some. Some fantasy League of legends. I uh, really, really appreciate their support of the show. The only, the, like to my understanding, draft. the only sponsor, or the only uh, fantasy um, service that is sponsoring uh, amazing content creators like Mark Mark Zimmerman's show, Hotline League. Uh, mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Golden Glue?
3: I was gonna say, is there a drafting website like a the a snake draft
0: or? Yes, I did. Oh, it was sorry. a snake draft for me when I did the fantasy league. Okay. So I
3: did one for Worlds on uh... a a different website and I was I got third in the world so I was very happy with that
0: well we don't need to talk about that service okay we talk about draft buff all right
3: I no, I'm just saying drafting is pretty fun fantasy sports is pretty fun
0: yeah go check it out download and use code Travis Gafford when you sign up there's a link in the description on YouTube if you want to if you want to take a look anywho Mark you want to grab our next caller oh I think he's already grabbing them yeah uh, proactive of him uh all right uh, Nicole is on the show. Nicole, where are you calling from?
11: Uh, Vancouver, Canada.
0: Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back. We had a lot Thank of you. Canadians. I feel like on this episode, or maybe yeah, only we two. have. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
11: Uh, my take was that DeMonte has been underrated for so long, and I think that the league kind of needs to be more accepting of players that are able to contribute to a team in different ways than just you know pure skill. Because I think Demonte is a great example of somebody who's able to, um, you know, play the role of more supportive mid and enabling mid laner and have his team, sh- team shine and win games. And I think the league just sees that as, oh, he's not as good as like the mids who always play the carries. And I don't think that's the case. I think you can be good at mid as a carry. I think you'd be good at mid as like kind of a supportive player. However, you can help your team win the game should be appreciated. So, yeah.
0: I mean, we've been talking a lot over this episode about Niski, who's no longer mm-hmm. part of the LCS, who was who was playing in that supportive role. Um, I, Mark, and and Golden Glue, Golden Glue. I already saw you popping off in Twitch chat, so I'm gonna wait till till to what? get What? No, you. let him pop off. Okay, go ahead, Golden Glue, Mark. Yeah,
3: just Tanner's ten, a Smurf. I mean, he. I, I definitely think that because of the way that the LCS ran like six years ago when it kind of started, where it was like uh, mid laner is one v 9 uh like. I think Bjergsen is just the ideal example of that. It's like, oh, mid lane's always just control mage. You know, that 1v9's a game and does everything, but the game has evolved a lot since then. And having a player that's more versatile. And also, when we say supportive mid, it's kind of like, I feel like it's the wrong idea, right? Where, where yeah. it's like they're, they're supportive style, but it's just like they're playing the game well. It's not like they're playing Karma Lulu mid sitting at their turret. Like, shielding their jungler like go kill them all <laughs> like that's not like they're initiating fights they're uh being aggressive it's not necessarily even though it's a supportive style it's just like it's helping your team win the game so uh i think like being an enabler is uh kind of what you want the person who's playing in the center of your map right to be an enabler for the whole map like that's a good thing to want and demonte is uh, very good at that
1: i uh I I agree. I think... Uh, I forgot who I was talking to. It might have been Alorim. It might have been someone else who was, who was on the AD this week. I was talking to someone about it, and I said I always felt bad because, like, I just always ranked. Like, every time we did power rankings, I would put him, like, 7th or 8th or some shit like that. And it's, like, to that point about you're so often ranking on pure skill, you know, that it's like, ooh, can I put him over, I don't know, PoE or something? It's like, I don't know, but, like he does do a lot for his team and I think that's where some of those kinds of conversations break down maybe um, you know when when someone is whose play style is so much more for the team than themselves that like it's not a 1v1 game and, and those kinds of things and we, we when we do those rankings I, I should say we're not trying to to make them like just 1v1 who's the better player we're trying to take yeah. that kind of stuff into account but like if you're on a team like theoretically when it comes to mid time for me to do some power rankings this year if Sunday's popping off and who he and, like, FBI are popping off. And they're the ones who are, like, carrying the game from, you know, naive, numeric, or eye test perspectives. You know, like, they just naturally get the, the the shine, so to speak. So like but here, here's a like... question for
0: you, Mark. Niski supposedly played that role on Cloud9, right? And yet people mm-hmm. would often pit him all pro or much higher. So why is it that, like, if DeMonte is, is occupying the same role as niski and is that same like if Nisky can get on these higher rankings doing the same style as Demonte, why can't Demonte?
1: well i mean like even that is a little contentious you know like Nisky was with back-to-back mvp junglers right you know like he didn't get the mvp um when it came time to do all pros like it was often a pretty tough battle to convince people that Nisky should be there when his csd isn't great and his DPM might not be as great, um, and he's on teams that are absolutely dominating. You know, like I think that speaks to, like if you were dominating, if, if you had that kind of team record and your, the playstyle was going through mid lane, like Golden Glue was saying of mid laners of old, then that person is like unanimous MVP candidate. This dude is the shit, you know. But like because he's playing this enabling playstyle, um, it suddenly becomes a much more nuanced conversation. And I think Demonte has not hit the level that Nisqy had, even when Nisqy was hitting that level he was, it was more of a struggle to get that kind of recognition.
0: Korea nine in the chat says, and this is why NA will never get out of groups. Arguably the most important role. We got people thinking it should be used as a second support. God, good. And then he corrected himself by saying, good God. So I'm kind of curious. Is it true uh, that this is why we'll, we'll never get out of groups? Is it because we've got people thinking the most important role should be second support?
3: Thinking Emoji, I'm watching Showmaker play Set, hmm, Set mid <laughs> at Worlds, best mid laner like in the world, one of the best, if not the best, and he's playing Set mid. How can they win Worlds? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Who, who, was, who was Bjergsen playing against when he played Zillion against Set and he just got dumpstered? Who was it? Oh, God, it was just this Worlds. Was it Showmaker? Possibly. Oh, it was oh. BDD. Yeah, BDD just on set had like a 30 CS lead against the zillion mid. It's like, oh god, the two supportive mid laners playing supportive styles. Oh no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know.
0: I mean, uh, I think Dornby did pretty good for his team uh, whenever <laughs> he was doing that. We, I feel like we've been talking a lot about supportive mid laners this this uh, this episode. It's it's kind of fun.
1: I mean, anyway, to, to the caller's point, Demonte has probably been underrated over his career by myself and others. But oh. I'm still going to put him fucking 7th on my list. You better believe it.
7: <laughs> oh, my God. Demonte
0: is just...
1: It. No, I can't do it.
0: Demonte is just the type of guy who he likes to be pissed, chilling, in mid lane. Right? That's the terminology he would use. Golden <laughs> Glue, is that the terminology that he would use? He's just pissed, chilling? I
3: think he does like the terminology, pissed, chilling.
0: Yes. Okay. Very good. Sometimes... He
3: was, uh, wait, if you think about his game TF or Soriana, he was up CS the first 10 minutes of the game. He was up CS and roaming, so... He I was, was watching him this past weekend,
0: dogs. and he was astro chilling in Pisslow. I believe is the is the correct terminology. This is um, can we call them Pisslow midlaners? Is that a thing that we can do? Also, is this anyway offensive? I don't actually know what this word means. I've just heard a lot of people say it. I want to make sure that I'm not offending people or losing sponsors by using it. If so, I apologize.
3: Wait, well, if you're gonna say Pisslow, you have to say who's Pisslow. You have to name the player.
0: Oh, Demonte is piss Is that is that correct?
3: Oh, I didn't think we we're talking. I thought you were going to say Demonte is smurfing on other piss low players. I'm oh,
0: okay, okay. So wait, is piss Chillin not the same as piss? Okay, so piss is bad, but piss chillin' is different.
1: <laughs> I just like the head scratch out of Golden, like just okay. trying to explain anyway, terminology uh, to a fucking boomer who's like, "What?"
0: Uh, I just this uh, this year will be my ten year. Uh, Anniversary of working in esports that I just I definitely feel a little more distanced from the people that I am interviewing than I did when I first started um, there okay. we go I feel
3: the Same way. I feel the same way when I have my 17 year old tenacity top
7: player
1: I don't know if you see any of his tweets but I'm like what does it say? <laughs> I don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I swear to God, there's a meme filter that, like, it starts usually either in solo queue or Academy with all the younger players saying, like, random-ass shit, and then, like, slowly it trickles up into the LCS. So if you ever want to know, like, what league terminology is on the come-up, you either start in solo queue or pay attention to, like, I don't know, Academy tweets to each other. I was asking
0: Tactical about oh, it whenever cool. we did the uh, the promo video for or the hype video for the start of, of LCS. So it was fun. Anyway, we're, we're now completely off topic. Uh, anyway, we all think Demonte's great. Thank you, Nicole, for bringing up the topic so that we can all talk about how great Nick Dimante is. We really appreciate him, and uh, I did an interview that I released with him today. People can go check it out; it's very fun. Uh, any anything you want to shout out here at the end, Nicole?
11: Uh, I guess I'll just shout out you. Thank you for supporting my stream recently; it means a lot. Oh, so, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh,
0: throwing the raids at people who sub and come on the show. <laughs> so, uh, thanks so much for for coming on, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
11: All right. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: I also rated Mahmood recently. Mahmood, by the way, for, for people who what uh, my age, what's that? Yeah, what's my right? Um, when was the last time you called into the show, Golden Glue? Also, I think I I'm have rated you. <laughs> I think I have <laughs> rated you. Well, look, you haven't been. When was the last time you were on the show? I think it's probably been two years.
3: No, definitely not true. I was definitely on it last year for sure. That's why I had. I said I had my deja vu, deja vu moment earlier. Yeah. It's because. We were talking about Golden Guardians being tenth and TL doing well and not do, do, doing well in um, LCS then and shooting the Venom Worlds. i was like, I've heard this before, literally a year ago when I was on Golden Guardians. Just,
0: the last time you were on was episode really 130, which July 7th. Book. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's only been it's been about six months. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I maybe I owe you a raid.
1: When's the last time you streamed? Are you active? Actually, I actually have no idea who streams. I, I don't. I don't really stream.
3: I streamed like once this week, maybe, but that's like the first stream of like three months.
0: Yeah. Uh, either way, thanks, um, thanks, Golden Glue for coming on this episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm really happy that the season is back in, so we have stuff to talk about on the show again. Uh, Mark, you wanna, you wanna drop information? You wanna shout anything out? You wanna?
1: Uh, I will actually do something. Uh, for people who don't know, the LCS is on a new YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's just LCS, but it broke away off Riot Games. So I noticed that the YouTube viewer numbers were lower, probably for that reason, uh, as well as like we put our episode of the preseason power ranking dive on there. Um, and I think people just need to know that there's a, a new spot to go.
0: Look! Look at how far the LCS has fallen. They need to have their representatives on my channels promote their channels because it's like, hey, guys, there's this little YouTube channel called LCS... We'd love to have you go subscribe. Look at what they've become. All right, Travis Gaffer. Yeah, the they only had YouTube 50k than live LCS.
1: viewers. Bigger. we're pumping these 1,400 live viewers in yeah, there. Yeah,
0: you guys are using bots. All right, these. This is a real, honest channel. All right, we don't. We don't stick this in a league client somewhere to try to promote it. All right. Uh, Sherman says, Whoa, 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 Mark did this on his own. Yeah, very convincing, Sherman. I really believe that. <laughs> how much how much did you pay him? Does he does he get paid twice for being on this episode? What is as a as an ad? An un an unrevenue shared sponsor for this show promoting the LCS? Uh anything else, Mark? Or will I throw it over to Golden Glue? I
1: think that's it. I don't think there's anything else.
0: All right. Golden Glue, how about you? Uh you got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to shout out?
3: Uh, shout out to all the fans supporting me because I haven't been very active on social media at all. Transitioning to learning learning how to be a coach is a lot of work, so I really don't have much bandwidth nowadays. I pretty much spend all day on League of Legends, it's kind of similar to how I was doing it playing, but just in a different capacity. So, appreciate you've been a coach before, I mean, yeah, yeah, but not full time. And also, that's being assistant coach is much different than being like. A head coach because you're basically in charge of the ship rather than being like on the ship you know um so yeah i appreciate all the people who supported me even though i'm not yeah i have papa smithy in, in the chat get back to work <laughs> <Very> <laughs> yes so funny. um, um yeah, yeah but shout out to everyone who supported me even though i'm not posting that much on on social or streaming so appreciate that and shout out to 100 thieves shout out to papa smithy shout out to the boys i'm really happy to be part of 100 thieves
0: well i uh i have 10 interviews that i did this past weekend a ton in part because lcs has started so there's tons of interviews to talk or people talk to lots of different people that have changed teams but also because it's three days a week now so i probably won't always do all three days but uh just stay be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already i'm sure almost everybody already listens but stay tuned for that there's a ton of those coming out i'm also trying to get a perks interview uh soon like a nice longer form one so we can talk about his transition over the lcs um and then uh man it feels like there's something else i should we should have i don't want to get people's hopes up oh hopes up but i i I, maybe i shouldn't be saying this but if you stay to the end of this this podcast or you listen to this should have a cool announcement for hotline league next week uh which i'm pretty excited about uh other than that stick around after the show if you're watching on the live stream because i'm gonna air some interviews early for some subs and we should have a good old time mark z is what what are you doing My
1: cats are being rambunctious. I got to go feed them.
0: All right. Well, on that note, thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, Golden Glue, for coming on. This has been Hotline League, episode 156.